As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Wednesday in the Love Covenant. Good morning, Paul Allen, Mad Producer, FM 100.3, KFAN, Ryan Heating and Cooling Studios. Bruce Springsteen, Mike Florio, ProFootballTalk.com joins us now. Michael, it's Paul Allen. Hey, good morning to you, my friend. How are you? I am doing fine, Paul. How are you? Uh, quite well, thank you. PFT, just, I mean, it's seriously, whatever the refresh button is, F3, F5, I mean, it's required with everything that is popping up at profootballtalk.com. Like, I get I get the bit ready. You know, now I see post-game protocols routinely are being violated. The, the Chargers Saints could be played in Indianapolis. I haven't mashed on that. What does that mean? Well, there is a hurricane bearing down on Louisiana, and my understanding is that the Saints currently do indeed plan to evacuate to Indianapolis after their practice on Thursday. They'll have Thursday, Friday, Saturday practices in advance of the Monday night game. They'll go to Indianapolis if it's okay to return, depending upon the aftermath, the intensity, the path of the storm, when it actually hits. They'll come back and they'll play the Chargers on Monday night at the Superdome. If not, it'll be Chargers Saints in Indianapolis. That's the report from The Athletic, and I've since confirmed that indeed the the Saints are are going to head to Indianapolis, and the silver lining is, and frankly, the organization is happy about the fact that it will give them several days of not having to worry about a COVID-19 outbreak because they're going to have a de facto bubble in Indianapolis while they're there. Usually it's a major inconvenience, but in this case, because it's not like it's a normal year anyway, it's not like you're giving up a true home game because you can't fill the stadium and get a home field advantage. It's actually an advantage to have a bubble on the road for a few days because it's one less thing to worry about as it relates to the possibility of somebody going home, getting infected some way, somehow, and bringing the virus back to the team. You know, Sean Payton, weeks, months ago, mentioned something about 
about the quasi bubble and then the teams and the essentials at at a hotel and you know then you went with it hard and you've been consistent with it um the the National Football League Players Association do you think there is any interest at any point this season of of getting teams together and creating that bubble and being like hey two and a half three months you got to do this so we can pull off the season the league wants to do it, but the union doesn't. And the coaches don't either, but the coaches don't have a union, so they don't get a vote. And, look, I, I was under the impression before this weekend that the league would do it, but the um, the meeting that was held on Monday with the league and the owners and the coaches and the GMs where the teams were read the riot act about protocol compliance, Dr. Sills, the chief medical officer, basically argued that, a bubble isn't necessary, that their protocols work better than a bubble because if you have a bubble, you have to worry about janitors and housekeepers and whatnot. And I don't buy that because here's the bottom line, Paul. In every team, there are, and the number I've been working with is 170. There's 170 different stories, 170 different pathways out of the facility. They go home. They potentially do things they shouldn't do. They potentially are exposed to people who have done things that they shouldn't have done or people who just caught the virus at school or going to the market or if there's a spouse that has a job out of the home or somebody visited who was positive for the virus. Whatever the case may be, every night those 170 people go home and they enter an environment where there's no way to know whether or not they're going to catch the virus. So the NFL's goal at this point isn't to keep people from getting it outside of the facility. It's to keep people from spreading it once they get there. And that's what the NFL's focus is going to be. And the argument is we've come up with protocols that if you follow them to a T, you won't have outbreaks. So, fine. In theory good. Here's the problem. Titans, Patriots, what's happening? You can't keep guys from spreading the virus. There needs to be both an effort to limit the spread for whoever has it and to limit the occasion to get it. And putting them in a hotel, everyone on the team, those 170 people who go back to their lives every night for the rest of the season. And, you know, the argument in July was you can't have people in a hotel for five months. Okay, fine. How about three months? Because that's all that's left of the regular season. Let's do it now. Because here's what happens, and this is what the players need to realize. This is what leadership of the NFLPA, the player leadership, needs to realize. If games are lost for good, they lose their game checks. They don't get paid. You know, there's a threat of forfeiting games. Let's say that the Bills-Titans game this weekend is declared a forfeit because the NFL decides we can't make it up easily, and it's the Titans' fault because they allowed this outbreak, and it affected last week's game, and they're going to make it up later. But for this week, it's a forfeit. You think CBS is going to say, well, go ahead and keep the money Hmm. from this game? And then if if CBS gets a rebate, do you think the players are getting paid for a game that wasn't played? So... That, that's the challenge. The NFL is, is handcuffed by the existence of a union, by the collective bargaining requirement, and because the union won't just agree to do it, because I think the union would say, well, hey, this is an opportunity for us to get a concession. We want something in return. And you know what? At a certain point, the NFL just has to say, screw it. We'll give them something. Let's give them an inducement. Let's give them something 
to get them to do this. Otherwise, we're not going to have 256 games. Re- read into this for me, please. Uh, the the Vikings with zero positives, yet many players were in close proximity with, with Titans who were COVID positive. This is just one data point, but it proves, again, it's one experiment. It's one iteration of the experiment that if you put these players in close quarters in an open-air setting or in a dome with a high ceiling and good ventilation, you're not going to transmit the virus. That the virus, it's not about what you've touched. It's not about touching your face, washing your hands. It's about the droplets that get expelled into the air by someone who's shedding virus. And it's about those droplets with the virus in them having an opportunity to congregate and concentrate so there's enough virus that you get it in your nose, you get it in your body, you develop COVID-19. And the NFL firmly believes that in that open-air setting or in a dome stadium, it's not going to happen. Well, okay, they're one for one in that regard. But you know what? They also were three for three in the first three weeks of the regular season. And as someone explained it to me over the weekend, basically the NFL's experience with COVID-19 is like an average golfer who shows up at the course, pars the first three holes, the triple bogey is coming. Eventually, the average golfer isn't going to get a four on a par four hole. And that's what's happening to the NFL. And it's possible that what happened between the Titans and the Vikings was an unexpected par. We'll find out. You know, the Patriots, this is a prime example. That Patriots game shouldn't have been played Monday night because of the one major donut hole in this entire analysis, and that's the incubation period. Because if you're in close quarters with Cam Newton, as Stephon Gilmore was, you potentially are going to develop the virus several days later. Oh, and here's Stephon Gilmore testing positive. Oh, and there's a photo that we have on our Twitter page of Stephon Gilmore face mask to face mask with Patrick Mahomes after the game. That game shouldn't have been played because you quite possibly had one or more players shedding virus during the game, shedding virus on the plane, shedding virus on the bus. But that's the reality. That's the problem. That's the donut hole between the incubation period and the inability to get an immediate, reliable test result on site without sending it off to a lab. Those things are going to make it very hard for the NFL to keep the virus from spreading, even if all the protocols are followed. And the way it's being set up, let me just say this, Paul, and then I'll shut up. No, it's all good. It's being set up, some teams believe, that when there are outbreaks, the league and the league's lawyers can come in and say, it's not our fault, it's your fault. We didn't do anything wrong. Don't blame us. Don't sue us. Don't accuse us. We didn't, we're not responsible. If someone got sick and eventually died, an older coach with comorbidities catches it. It's not us. If you would have followed our protocols, you'd be fine. It's on you. The, the question is, how realistic are these protocols, especially when you ultimately are playing football? And the other question is, what more can be done to ensure that no one catches it. See, they can't ensure no one catches it away from work unless there's a bubble. Let me get two football bits in. Uh, the Jalen Ramsey, Golden Tate, brouhaha. Holy cow. I didn't know that backstory, man. Yeah, that's quite a backstory, and that would give rise to some pre-existing acrimony between the two players. And, you know, it's all the more reason for the teams to be on notice of it. I'm a firm believer that truly good coaches can control their players. 
and can communicate to them what is and what isn't expected because you don't want 15 yards of field position. I mean, there's a selfish motivation. If you're Bill Belichick and Golden Tate's on your team and this game's coming up, you go to Golden Tate and you make sure he understands no matter what is done to provoke him, he does not do anything to take the cheese, and he does not do anything to potentially create 15 yards of field position for the other team or squander the opportunity to pick up 15 yards of field position if Jalen Ramsey comes after him and he doesn't reciprocate and it's not offsetting fouls, it's 15 yards on the other team. So this is all about, at the end of the day, being aware as a head coach, communicating strong messages as a head coach, making sure that there are real threats of consequences that aren't idle as a head coach and acting on it. And I don't think that either team has acted on it. I don't think either team is going to discipline these guys. And, you know, that's, but that's how you cut this stuff off. And that's, that's why stuff like this uh, doesn't happen with, with guys like Bill Belichick. Let me ask you this. Time for two more. The Vikings offense rolling right now. Okay, now with Justin Jefferson, do you think the Vikings need to win a bunch of games for Jefferson to receive consideration for Offensive Rookie of the Year? Well, yeah, look, you're not going to be Offensive Rookie of the Year if the team is 4-12. and And I'm not saying the team's going to be 4-12, and but it becomes a lot harder to be Offensive Rookie of the Year. Now, Kyler Murray was Offensive Rookie of the Year in 2019, and the Cardinals didn't have a winning record, so yeah. it's not like you have to be a playoff team either. But, you know, usually what happens is it's a guy who touches the ball more often than a receiver. It's a running back or a quarterback. Wasn't Randy Moss rookie of the year? He was offensive rookie of the year in, in 1998. But look at the year he had. Right. You've really got to be off the charts great to be offensive rookie of the year as a receiver because there's always going to be a running back or a quarterback yeah. who makes a bigger splash, whether it's Clyde Edwards-Alaire with the Chiefs who are 4-0, and and he's a big part of that, mm-hmm. and he's diversified the offense, or whether it's a Joe Burrow or a Justin Herbert. And, and look at what Burrow's done. He, he's the first rookie to have three straight 300-yard passing games. Mm. He set the rookie record for completions in a game. Uh, so, you know, even though they're 1-2-1, one, and one, um, Burrow, I think, is, is going to be a, a, a tough guy to beat if he keeps playing like he has. Now, in closing, uh, we have Softy from Seattle, 11 a.m. Cornfields time. I know you do a weekly uh, spot with him. So uh, in the in the attempt of getting something to drop in right when he comes on the radio show, because he's going to bloviate, and his team's undefeated, we are one and three, we have problems, blah, blah, blah. Um, so three, two, what, uh, what do you think of Softy from Seattle? I think he is a pain in the ass, and every Wednesday at 6.20 p.m. Eastern, when he calls me, I cringe before I answer the phone. Yes! Thank you, Mike. Call you next week. Amen. Florio, PFT. I'm also uh, NBC Sports Network and NBC's Football Night in America. Mike Florio begins Wednesday in the Love Covenant. Good morning. Uh, This is basically all you need to know right now. Softy from Seattle at 11 a.m. Zimmer press conference, 10 o'clock. And around the corner, hashtag KFAN snob. KFAN snob. Mr. Eric Nordquist, good morning. Good morning. When they tweet or hit Twitter with hashtag KFAN snob, well, what can happen? Well, they might win a $100 gift card, and it's all courtesy of Quick Trip. So all you have to do is identify the winner, 
And some would say, well, if I pick Meat Sauce to win because he never wins, that means fewer people will pick Meat Sauce, and therefore I have a better chance of winning the gift card if he walks on water and actually wins a game. So uh, I believe you were victorious last week. It's basically you or Corey every single time. But uh, $100 (laughs) gift card on the line. Yeah. And, uh, of course, again, thanks to our friends at Quick Trip, who um, we love and they love us. So head to Twitter and make it hashtag KFAN Snob. Make a prediction for the two segments Stump the Snob is in the Sports Snob. You got me, you got Snot Nose Kid, and you got Saucy. I got Mad Producer. He's Eric Nordquist producing 9 to Noon from the Bryan Heating and Cooling Studios at FM 100.3 KFAN. Good morning. Good morning, and uh, how about putting a grant? I mean, we got a lot of stuff going on at the end of this first segment here. Uh, cash contest. The Fan and Wicks and Jewelers want to put a grand in your hand. Every hour, a new keyword. This hour's keyword is rich. Want to be rich? Well, I mean, $1,000 isn't a bad start. Text Not rich <laughs> to 200-200. Text rich to 200-200. Fan and Wicks and Jewelers want to put a grand in your hand. Text message and data rates apply. Text rich to 200-200. Stump the Snob is next. The Fan. What's up, Saucy? Good morning. How um, how they treat you this morning? Uh, they were very nice. Was Corey, it a good morning? Corey, yeah, it was great. Excellent. Hi, Corey. Hi, Paul. Uh, CC, your initials. How's initials? Things well? I'm so glad that came up organically. Yeah, the uh, the board game's still available at initialsgame.com. Excellent. What, Thanks for mentioning what's that. What's the carryover pot uh, for Friday with uh, the guests? Is it 11? 1100? 11, 11, 11, 5? I think it's 11.5. 11, 11,000? Yeah. yeah. Woo! So what do you do? So we have a caller at 8.15 try to guess whatever the set of oh. initials is. And yeah. it goes up $500 every week. And look, uh, we did the math. We understand this might take years to hit, right? But if it does, yeah. if it takes two, three, four years to hit, it might be worth eighty dollars to $100,000 when wow. somebody finally hits it. So uh, we fully expect it to take a long time. Um, and in closing, I didn't hear every minute of fan line. Uh, is it Hockey's Crank or his sister or both? And did it come up? Uh, somebody started and I immediately hung up on him, which is really too bad because, uh, I think the bit's funny, Damn real. but it just sets such a bad precedent for fan line. So I'm like, yeah, on the power trip, I'd yeah. laugh at that joke all day long, but yeah. I'm like, we got to move on. I got you. Trying and, to keep it clean. And nine to new moves on to stump the snob as in the sports yeah! snob. A last chance. Hashtag KFAN snob. Make a prediction. Uh, baby Ryan Donaldson will, uh, will pick one of the hashtag KFA and snobs for whomever wins. $100 gift card to the very best. Quick Trip. Learn more at quicktrip.com. Here is the inventor of the game. It it's is there. time to stump the snob. Eric Norquist. On 9 to noon. Indeed. Thank you, Quick Trip, not only for providing the $100 gift card, but for sponsoring Stump the Snob. PA victorious last week, I believe. And uh, here we go. It's sports trivia. The gentleman here, PA, Meat Sauce Paul Lambert, Corey Cove, 
Uh, they have sheets in front of them with categories, and there will be higher point value Hail Mary questions. That's for next segment, but first... Kicking them off. Kicking them off! I got three different lists. I always have three different lists, and we're going to go one by one by one. They're worth one point, each correct answer. If you are incorrect, you'll hear you're out for the remainder of that list. Love it. And uh, let's start. Hey, Sauce, why don't you win this week? I'm going to try. Good luck. Thank All right. You. Perfect. The first of three lists, and we will start with the self-proclaimed snob himself, PA. PA, there are 18 teams in the NFL right now through four weeks. 18 teams in the NFL that are plus one or better in the take-give. They have more takeaways okay. than turnovers. Let's, uh, let's start. Is that it? That is it. Let's start with the uh, Green Bay football Packers. The Green Bay Packers are plus three. That is correct, PA. Mm-hmm. To you, Corey. Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs are plus five. Yes, Corey. Let's start with the Baltimore Ravens. How about those Baltimore Ravens who are plus three? Yes, Sase. We'll try the um, uh, Seattle Super Chickens. They are plus five. To you, Corey. Uh, how about the Bills? How about the Bills? They are plus one. Correct. Uh, let's try. Um, Damn, for real. I don't know if that's correct. Uh, let's try the Patriots. The Cleve, uh, the New England Patriots. Ooh, well done. Plus one, correct. Oh, might as well go with the Clee. Yeah. Uh, let's try the uh, Cleveland Browns. Okay. Yes. Yes. Three point for the self-proclaimed snob. Thank you. They uh, they lead the league at plus six. Wrong with that, Stefanski. About Pittsburgh Steelers, they are plus two. That is correct. Saucy. I mean, you know, no, that can't be a thing. <laughs> can't, uh, can't be a thing. Why don't we try three, two, one? The Chargers, and the Chargers are. Minus four. Ooh. Mm. Idiot. Let's go with the... uh, Let's try the San Francisco 49ers. And the 49ers. Oh, with that. Plus one. Oh, really? Yes. Wow. You're up to four points, Corey. I got got a wild card in this mug that's going to blow everybody away. I'll try the Titans. The Tennessee Titans are indeed at plus five. Uh, I'm going to get my wild card out of the way because I saw it last night on NFL Network. Amazingly, the New York Jets are plus in the take-give. Uh, they are indeed plus one. Yes, that I is correct. I saw that last night. So you gentlemen have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven options remaining. Whoa. Hmm. Um, three. Two. How about the Lions? Yeah, I think you're right. They are plus one. That is yeah. correct. You're both up to five points. PA. Uh, I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons. Plus two. That is correct. What? Yeah, I saw it Monday. It's the only thing they're doing well. Yeah. Their defense is horrible. I know. Um, but they don't give it away. Three. Try the Saints. Two. Plus two. That Damn is it. correct. That was my next guess. Um. Okay. Uh, let's go with uh, Mr. McVay's team, the Rams. They're plus one. That is correct. Jeez. Didn't somebody say that? No. No, no. you said Chargers. I thought, no. And you're a puppy. Uh, Three I remain. Wanna, I want to scratch you under your chin. I'm so bad at this. 
But but you're adorable. I'll try the Bears. Very nice lady. Uh, The Chicago Bears, that would be incorrect. They are uh, minus one. How many left? Uh, There are three that remain. um, uh, Who's been winning games? Three. Uh, Carolina Panthers. Two. Yes, they are plus two. Okay, let's try Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are plus two. Damn it, that was sitting right there. Okay, let's try... Um, three. Ma, come on. Two. Come on. One. Um, uh, Smitty Uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. Plus four. Padukin. Good run. All right. PA with nine. Corey with six. Saucy with two. I pop the gate every time and open up many lengths on you. You come from behind and run me down. All right. This list starts with Corey Cove. Damn, for real. <laughs> Adam Thielen, by the way, started the 2020 campaign. He's got 284 receiving yards through four games. There are 19 receivers that have more yards than Adam Thielen. How many does he have? He has 284. And there are 19 pass catchers. Not just wide receivers, but in total, 19 pass catchers with more yards than Adam Thielen. We will start with you, Corey. Justin Jefferson. How about him with that 348? That's correct. How about DeAndre Hopkins? He has 397. That is correct. Despite, despite missing the game, I'm gonna try. Um, I'm gonna try Devonte Adams. Devonte Adams. Come on, did I just no, mess up? Out for two games. Oh, he missed two, is... didn't he? Come on. Where is Devonte Adams oh, come on, on here? Are that's, you kidding me? That's not working out well for you. Are as you... I'm scrambling here, and I'm just gonna give you that fat. Are you kidding me? Devonte Adams. Where is he? Oh, I gotta go way down on this list. No, that's not good for you. That is that is incorrect. That is a bad, bad miss by the boy. Uh Stefan Diggs. Yeah, uh Stefan Diggs leads the NFL. Oh my god. With four hundred and three yards. That is correct, yes. And uh, uh he has one hundred and ninety two yards, Devontae Adams. Thank does. you. Thank you very much. Corey up to eight points to you, Saucy. DK Metcalf. Nice. He is second in the NFL with four hundred and three. Well, he's tied for the best, yeah. 403 yards. That's correct, Saucy. You're up to four. Mike Evans. Mike Evans. Where art thou, Mike Evans? Mike Evans is yeah. incorrect. Uh, okay. Um, he has 230 yards. Sweet. Let's see here. You got a chance, Saucy. Yeah, with that boss. I'm not very good at this, though. No, Just Google it. Um, let's go with... Um, what can I think of the... Great. Uh, Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett, that is correct. You're up to five. Come on, Saucy, let's go. Let's go with uh, Calvin Ridley. How about Calvin Ridley? That is indeed correct. 349. Let's go, Saucy. Six points. Come on. Let's go with... um, Three. Come on. Go Uh, hard. Josh Josh Brown. Go hard. Damn for real. Um, I don't know who Josh Brown is. Josh Josh Brown. Isn't he the guy on... No, John Brown. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's... All right, I got a few. Uh, Amari Cooper, Terry McLaurin, Robbie Anderson, Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen, Alvin Kamara, Tyler Boyd, CeeDee Lamb, Travis Kelsey, Cooper Cup, Julian Edelman, DJ Moore, Tyreek Hill. Hmm. All uh, more receiving yards than Adam Thielen. Terrific question. PA with nine, Corey with eight, Saucy with six. And finally, I thought this one was pretty easy. We're going to start with you, Saucy. Simply enough, there are 14 teams in the NFL that are under 500 right now. They are. They have a losing record. Fourteen different teams right now. Give me one of them. The Minnesota Vikings. Well, that's not. That's not that very nice. That's uh, cute. One and three, but it feels like they could be two and two. That's correct. Let's let's uh, let's roll with the Jets. 
Uh, yes, the uh, New York football Jets. You're up to 10 points. Washington. Washington, yes, that is correct. One and three. The Falcons. The Falcons are 0-4. That is accurate, sir. Uh, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the Miami Dolphins are indeed 1-3. and three. That is correct, up to 11. Uh, the Lions are 1-3. and three. Nice. And you are up to 10 points, my friend. The New, the New York football Giants. That is correct. They are 0-4. Uh, let's roll with the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's roll with them. 1-2-1. One, one. Corey. Uh, I believe the t- team they tied has the same record at 1-2-1, one, one, the Philadelphia Eagles. They are indeed 1-2-1. One, one. You're up to 11, Corey. Let's go with the Chargers. Nice job. They are one and three. You're up to ten. Jacksonville. Oh, that was Jacksonville, mine. Jacksonville, one and three. Oh, now I got to panic because that was mine. Three. Oh, duh, the Texans are winless. Yes. The Texans are indeed 0 and four. You're up to 12 points. Damn, how many are left? Uh, let me do the math here. We got one, two. Two oh. left. There's just two left. Really? I only wrote down one. Dallas Cowboys. Good uh, one. The- Dallas Cowboys, that is correct. Uh, the Denver Broncos. And the Denver Broncos. We just Broncos. ran the table. He yes. ran the table. Nice job, football minds. Well done. Have we uh, ever done that? No. So through, picking them off, PA so. in the lead with 14, but right behind them with 12 is Corey Cove. Meat Sauce has 11. Yeah. And uh, around the corner, we're going to do categories and Hail Mary questions and figure out who is indeed this week's version of the sports snob, Sports Trivia 9 to Noon. Hey, check this out. KF, uh, not KFAN. I wish we could do this. We're part of the mix, but it's Quick Trip. They're the star of the show. Quick Trip is giving away a truck. All you got to do to enter, stop by the local Quick Trip. I hope you do that anyway. Purchase a 20-ounce Pepsi-branded product with a pothole pizza. Get some meat sweats up in there, and that's it. You're entered. We're going to select one winner each week with a grand prize event in December to an award uh, to award an F-150 truck from Metro Ford. See stores for details. No purchase necessary. Pepsi, Pothole Pizza, and Quick Trip. Sweet Trio. Proud sponsor of fall football in Minnesota. It is indeed Stump the Snob. Following picking him off last segment, PA has a lead right now. He's with 14 points, but very close. Corey Cove, 12 points. Meat Sauce Paul Lambert, 11. Thanks again to Quick Trip uh, for providing Stump the Snob each and every Wednesday. And an opportunity to win a $100 gift card just for picking the winner. Uh, but now it is time for categories. I got four categories here, four questions each ascending in point value. Gentlemen, the sheets are in front of you. The categories are coaching calamity, QB quotes, which is an audio segment. I'm going to have audio for you guys. Ooh. Uh, three straight, that could be wins or losses. And then the final category is defense optional. Damn real. And we will start uh, with UPA since you are in the lead. You get to pick where we go first upon reading the question. Each of you have the opportunity to use your name and buzzer, ring in, get the points, and control the board. Let's uh, let's get that new audio piece going. QB quotes one. Hmm. All right, perfect. Just listen. Because a lot of times down Whoa. here. Hang on. Yep. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, production value. I'm like a freaking intern right now. So we can ring in immediately, of... correct? Yeah. If we know it, okay. Absolutely. Ready? Because a lot of times down years for me are Paul. career years. Yes. Aaron Rodgers. Good one. That's right. That is correct. Actually, though, I just just listen to this for a second. Because a lot of times, down years for me are career years for most quarterbacks. Oh! Yeah! 
fun to Pat McAfee yeah. bit, AJ Hawk up yeah. in the mix. But the key to it, the key to it right, is right here at the end. Right here. I am so happy you said that. Hey, it's just the facts, bro. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> he's gonna, right. It's just gonna, the most mug thing ever, but he's right. Yeah, we're going to get into that a little later Whoa. and tie it into LeBron James. Oh, yeah. And his performance and what he said after last night's game. Oh, sweet. I'll get that audio, too, and we can have some fun with it. Uh-huh. Uh, Meat Sauce does get that for one point. Two. Uh, where do you want to go? Okay, Two. let's do it. All right. We got, the, we got the win. That's all I care about. <laughs> the last two, we didn't win. So feels good to win. I'm going to do whatever it takes to win. Win football games. Like I said, I'll throw it zero or 100 times. I'll throw it for seven yards or Paul? 500. Yes. doesn't matter to me. Joe Burrow? That's right. Oh, no. Oh, wow. Complete guess. That three. is correct. Sound one, dude. Three. This is a good bit. I feel pretty comfortable. I don't think I've mastered anything yet. I still have a lot of room to improve. Paul. And especially through a game uh, like that. PA, PA was, was first. first. Herbert? That's yeah, right. Yep. Well okay, and for four points, you're up to 19 points now. Uh, I feel offense um, did a pretty Paul. good job today. Yes, offense. Lamar Jackson. That's right. Right, got the four. Hmm. The big boy's playing hard today. That's correct, and he is up to 16 points. Where do you want to go next, Saucy? I'll go uh, three straight. All right, sweet. This team has lost three straight after stealing an opening weekend win against Cincy. Paul. Yes. Um, L.A. Chargers. That's right. You're up to 20. Up three straight. For two. This team started the season 3-0, and but it's week four Ball. opponent. Yes. Chicago Bears. This team started the season 3-0, and but it's week four opponent was bit by COVID, so the game Ball. was postponed. Ball. Yes. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers. That's right. <laughs> You're up to 18 I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, three, please. Uh, what a great kid. All right. This team is three and one after losing the season opener Ball. to its, yes. Cleveland Browns. Oh. <laughs> this team is three and one after losing this season opener to its NFC Ball. division foe. Yes. Uh, Buccaneers. That's right. Jeez, you guys are locked in today. This I got nothing. Uh, this will be for four, yes. Yeah. After winning 27-20 to on opening weekend, this AFC team has looked terrible and has lost three Ball. in a row. Yes. Jacksonville? That's right. Oh, wow. You're up to 27. Coaching calamity one. Okay. This coach won his division in four of his Ball. first six. Yes. Bill O'Brien. That's right. Dose. Corey, what's happening right now? I feel like Parrish playing initials. <laughs> Don Cheadle. Coaching calamity for two. With his former team, he was 69-6 and six when his team scored 30 or more points. But with his new team Boring. in 2020... Yes. Ooh. Was I first or were you first? You were. I, I think that's going to be Mike McCarthy. That's right. Yeah. Ooh, nice. Hey, I got one! Well done. Woo-hoo-hoo! Nice job. This is so much fun. We uh, like when you're dumb. Coaching calamity for three. He went to the playoffs in his first year as head coach in 2016, but he's gone 20-32 and 32 since... Including 0-4 this season. Paul. Yes. Dan Quinn. Ooh, that was a great guess. Wow. Um, Who else is 0-4? Uh, you already said Bill O'Brien. Uh, 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 oh, wait. That can't be right. Oh, maybe. Corey? Yes. Adam Gase? That's right. Yeah. Ooh, nice job. That's correct. Boy, I talked trash, and now it's going He took the shake. Dolphins to the playoffs in 2016. Yep. Oh, His teams yeah, have been yeah, bad yeah. ever yep. since. Zimmer in 10 minutes. Yeah. All right, Corey, up to 17. You're back in this. What's Let's going go on? Four. All right. 
Sure, he's lost his star on offense, but while Stefanski has shined, this fellow first-year coach is floundering at 0-4. Paul? Yes. Judge? Joe Judge? That's right. Oh, good one. Yeah, good one. Thank you. Uh, Thank defense you. one. You're up to 31. Uh-oh. Almost a runaway here. All right. Defense optional. The highest scoring game of week one produced 77 points and a lot of headaches. Which matchup was it? Paul. Yes. Packers Vikings. That's right. Ooh. Defense. Wow. Two. This week four matchup featured 1,074 yards of offense and 87 total points. Paul. PA uh, was first. Dallas Seattle. That's right. Whoa. Paul, Paul, Paul. I'm sorry. Dallas Cleveland. That's right. Damn it. Week four. A three. Tremendous listening skills by Meat Sauce. I know. That's why he's locked in. Look at this, Paul. This should be your mantra for initials. Look at how well you do when you listen. One, four, five. All right. (laughs) This week two Sunday night game out west saw a heavyweight offensive fight where a veteran QB threw for, yes. Seattle, New England. That's right. Dude. Yes, I wasn't listening there. Uh Uh-oh. Somebody better get back into this. He's up to 37 points right now. And finally... This quarterback is on pace for more than 6,700 passing yards. Uh, yes. Russell Wilson. But also a 4-12 and 12 record. Ooh. This quarterback is on pace for more than 6,700 passing yards, but also a 4-12 and 12 record. Paul? Yeah. We know. Oh. Uh, I'll try it. Yeah. No, hey, you ought to use one Three. for him. Two. Joe Burrow? One. Three. Two. Ryan Fitzpatrick. One. Baker, maybe? Uh, Dak Prescott. Oh, he threw oh, for duh. 500 yeah, yeah, yeah. yards. Yes. Took him off. Good one. Good one. So, well, Is it over? It's uh, it's not technically over, but uh, but Meat Sauce has to do... Basically, he has to run the table. Is it over for Corey? I think I'm out. Uh, you're down by 20, and technically a total of the questions would be 21. All right, so, so I can run the table. If you guys run the table, you can win. So if PA gets any of them, it's over. That's correct, Bobby. yes. Uh, it is time for... Hail Mary. Please pay attention. These are three questions. Lose. Yes, with, you can. No, I can. With three, you said this like three weeks ago, and I ran the table and won. Oh, I have see. won two consecutive weeks. Okay, well, cool. Let's, let's see what happens. Hail yes. Mary. Three questions with initials like clues. A total of five of them. They are worth six, seven, and eight points, respectively. And if you're correct, you get the points. If you're not, you're out for the remainder of the question. All three of you are eligible to answer at any time. And this is the six-point question. 20 years old. His father played in the CFL and the World League. As a redshirt freshman, he was the most outstanding player in the 2019 championship game. Paul. Yes. Joe Burrow. Corey. Yes. Justin Jefferson. No, it's over. A former player from his school went in the first round in 2016. He just announced that he is leaving oh, his school to oh, focus. Oh, damn yes. it. Heard it on the power trip when I was in the bathroom doing a number two. Okay. It is Trey Lance. Get it in here. I got one thing to say. Come on, boy. This is when the big dogs come out. Damn, okay. That's right. Stay on the board. I don't want to give it to you because you talked about your, your bathroom but situation. But. Yeah, see, okay. All right, just for fun, let's go through the other two. Yeah, PA got, wins, nicely done. Minute and a half, thank you, I love you. All right, perfect. This is a seven-point question. Seven-time Pro Bowler, five-time All-Pro. 
812 question, uh, catches, 12,300 plus Ball. receiving. Yes. Julio. That's right. Oh! I heard it on the game on Monday night. They said that. Look at Big Boy. 812th catcher. Oh, that Big Boy. The eight point question would have been 6'2, 290 pound defensive tackle. Damn it. Went, to, went to a Big Ten school. Was considered, Ball. yes. Chase Young. Was considered a first-round prospect, but his stock dropped. Has eight sacks in his Damn two and a quarter seasons in the AFC. A heart issue Ball. affected, yes. Maurice Hurst. That's right. Oh! Who? See y'all next week. <laughs> um, the yeah, Michigan yeah, cat. The Michigan bit, that the we wanted, tackle. but then we found out that there was a heart thing. Um, Never heard of him. Initials Friday. Yeah, initialsgame.com. Yeah, initialsgame.com, but give that uh, carryover thing a pop. Man, that's 11K and change. Yeah, I think it's 11K in and change. I don't, again, now I'm forgetting if it's 11,000 well, or 11,500. But either way, uh, you call at 815, we take one yeah. lucky caller, they get a crack at guessing the initials. Sure, it's a long shot, but if you get it right, you uh, you win the jackpot. It goes up five hundred dollars every week, so it's up to like eleven or eleven five this week. I forget. Thank you, boys. Have a good day. Bye. Thank you, gentlemen. Meat sauce, uh, purge proud, and and thanks, uh, Quick Trip, by the way. Purge providers uh, for months with Stump the Snob is in the Sports Snob and Nordo Creation. Absolutely love it each and every Wednesday, courtesy of Quick Trip and QuickTrip.com. Zim Bean Zim next. Stump. The Snob. Fan. Hey, welcome back. Nine to noon. Let's head right down to head coach Mike Zimmer addressing the media live. Seattle and the fans are there. Obviously, um, you know, they've got great fans there and uh, they're very loud. But, you know, trying to prepare for Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner and, you know, all the guys that they have um, makes it a challenge in itself. Couple years ago, they were, excuse me, number one in the league in rushing, and now they're uh, really uh, at the top in passing. How how different are your preparations given the identity of their team so far? Yeah, they've uh, they've changed a little bit. You know, they're obviously letting Russell Wilson be more uh, more explosive. Uh, they're they're I think they're number one league in in pass average. Um, you know, they've got uh, terrific receivers. Um, you know they're they're all fast. Uh, even you know Morris made some great catches. Uh, they've they've added um, uh, Olson as a tight end. I think that's helped them. And then they still got Carson as a runner. And um, you know and, and obviously Russell makes them go. Uh, Mike, how can you uh, prepare this team so it doesn't become a shootout on Sunday? I would imagine you don't necessarily want it to be that. Well, uh, Joe, I want it to be whatever it is that that we have more points than them. Um, but you know, they're, they're very explosive. Um, we, you know, obviously we prefer to, uh, control the ball and control the time of possession, um, uh, not make mistakes, uh, and put us in bad situations, uh, offensively where we, um, you know, we're, we're first and 20 and things like that. But, uh, I, I think, you know, Seattle's recipe for success has always been turnover margin. And so it's going to be very important for us that we um, take care of the football and we try to win that that battle first. Hey, Mike, there was a, that third down play Sunday where Deshaun Watson rolled uh, right. It looked like he had room to run, and, and Kendrick stayed with his uh, with the receiver there and got the third down um, pass uh, break up there. How tricky was that play for him as a linebacker and just – how would you describe kind of uh, 
uh, the level he's playing at this year? Yeah, it was a great play. Uh, you know, the we had the coverage. Uh, so if the if the receiver kept going out, we had the we had the corners sitting there for him. But uh, once he started scrambling, the, the guy he broke back away, and uh, you know the weakness of that that coverage would be if he got back on the other side of Kendricks. But the the play that he made was a was a terrific play. Um, you know that's the kind of plays he's made throughout his career, and um, you know we're just he continues to play good each and every week. Uh, Mike, uh, Justin Jefferson is averaging 21.8 yards per catch. What kind of extra dimension is that giving you, you know, a guy that can stretch the field like that? Yeah, we probably should give him some more catches, I guess. Um, you know, it just adds to, you know, the the combination, the run and the play-action pass and uh, the vert- vertical passing game, which which um, helps. You know, we've got, we've got a lot of guys with, with – uh, some speed, uh, you know, Irv Smith can get down the middle of the field and, and Kyle, and then, you know, we've got guys on the outside that can do some damage and then along with, um, with Cookie. Hey, Mike, speaking Alvin, what's, what's, I guess, the kind of ideal workload that you envision for him? Is it just whatever you need to win on a given Sunday? For who? For Dalvin Cook. Yeah, uh, you know, we try to, we try to spot him throughout the course of the ball game. Um, I think uh, Madison had seven carries last week or something like that. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, when it gets to the end of the ball game, we got to get Dalvin in there, you know, when, when the game's on the line, we got to get him in there because he's, he's so uh, dimensional, but, but Alexander's done a great job too on, on uh, the, when he's been in there. Mike Russell Wilson was 14 of 15 for 231 and a touchdown on first down this past game. Um, is that a trend or is that just like a byproduct of like one game? Because I know he's dropping back to pass. Uh, I think the highest rate on first down of his career. Is that something you prepare for? Or is that something you just expect from like a game to game situation based on the opponent? Well, the thing about Russell Wilson is number one, he'll, He'll he'll wait in the pocket to find guys get open and guys get open. So he'll hold the ball, but he'll also move to create space and allow the receivers to get open. So that does not surprise me. He's an extremely accurate thrower. Um, you know, hopefully he's not that accurate on Sunday night. Mike, to go back uh, to Dalvin Cook for just one second, I'm just curious. Is your thing broken or mine? This thing. Can you th- go ahead? This 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 thing is cutting out. All right. Go can ahead. you hear me? Okay. I can now. Okay. Uh, just to go back to Dalvin Cook for a second, I'm just curious, do you guys chart at all when you're watching like the number of tackles that he breaks or his yards after contact, or is it more just, I guess, kind of watch and say, wow, when he turns what looks like a three-yard loss into a 12-yard game? Yeah, I mean, we, we always chart that, but that's more for pro football focus, I think. Hey, Mike, over the past you know five to seven years, arguably you and Seattle have had the best the two best defenses in the league, you know, being at the top of the of the league, you know, this year is a little, little bit different. Is it strange for you to see two, you know, vaunted defenses on the other side of the spectrum early in the season? Yeah, I would say so. Um, but that doesn't mean we're going to end up that way. You know, I think we're continued. I think we're, we're getting better every week. Uh, hopefully we can continue to stay healthy. We can um, keep getting better with the young players that we have. Uh, they can understand schemes and understand game situations. Um, you know, Seattle has given up some yards because, you know, they've had the lead. So, you know, I don't know if you really judge, judge them on that yet. 
Mike, there's a significant age difference, the gap between Adam Thielen and then the youngest player in the receiver room with Jefferson. Um, and obviously Adam's been around. He's been through, you know, a lot of different teammates in that room. Now where he's at at the side of 30, um, where have you seen him, I guess, make the biggest jump in terms of the leadership and really like the ownership he has of that group and those guys looking up to him? Yeah, I think Adam is, is a really good mentor for those young guys. Um, you know, they all listen to him. Um, you know, I think Justin is a guy that is wants to take everything in. He, I, I, I've been told that um, he loves how Justin uh, goes about his game, goes about his the way he works, the way he uh, goes out to practice, and and continually tries to get better. And I think he, I think that's a credit to Adam as well. But Justin's a guy that, you know. Football's important to him, just like football was important to Adam when he was when he was a young guy. Hey, Mike. As far as uh, trying to make sure the players, um, you know, take the proper virus uh, precautions off the field when they're away from the facility, just in light of what's going on around the league uh, this week, have you have you uh, offered any reminders, or you feel like this team is pretty well? Uh, discipline in, in sort of knowing what they have to do well uh today in the meeting we had or in the team meeting we had a we went over all the the new protocols i think our team is very aware of you know especially since it was tennessee and it happened against us you know i think they un, they understand the the since the significance of uh you know, all the different things that can happen. And, you know, you look at the Pentagon, they got it. The White House has got it. You know, football NFL's got it. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's a crazy time. And, um, you know, like I told them today, I'm, uh, uh, you know, Eric Sugarman, our trainer, just trying to keep them safe. I'm just trying to keep them safe and their family safe and do the best job we can to uh, fight this virus and stay as a team. Mike, now that you guys have been on the road a couple of times, how much has this changed the way things work on the road just in terms of having to take extra precautions when you're away from home? Yeah, it's very different. Um, you know, we're, we don't leave the, we don't leave the, um, the hotel, uh, you know, or take 10 buses or something like that. Um, you know, uh, guys don't go out to dinner. We don't really gather. And, and you know, last week we had virtual meetings, Um you know, so it's all it's all a different kind of thing. I actually had the team meeting before we left, uh, you know, because of the virtual stuff. Time for two more. Mike, as a coach, I guess, how much does that change when you're talking about having team meetings and trying to get guys ready and communicate your message? How much does that change it when it has to be on a different schedule? It has to be virtual instead of in person? Yeah, well, this whole year has been a, a well, I guess the best way to say it is about adaptation. Uh, you know, last week was completely different, uh, changing the schedules. I mean, I don't know if I said this before, but I got a text at 9 o'clock one night saying we can't do the schedule tomorrow, tomorrow that we had scheduled. You know, so those kind of things just make it – I don't think people realize – and actually, Sean Mannion came up to me and said, I'd hate to be a head coach in this this era right now because trying to manage all the things and the different uh, protocols that you have to do, and they come out with different different things every week, um, changing schedules and so on and so forth. So it's it's been uh, difficult, but, um, you know, we're not going to cry about it. Mike, how do you feel your cornerbacks have kind of responded to the change in rotations with guys – 
coming in and out with injuries and what have you. And uh, what is Mike Hughes' status now for uh, Sunday's game? Uh, I don't know where Mike is. At uh, we'll see today when we practice, and then um, I don't know. These young guys are getting better. Um, you know, Gladney's Gladney's. You know, he's probably got the most on his plate because he's he's got to do uh, nickel and he's got to do outside. And but uh, Holton, I thought Holton did a uh, much better job this last week. And you know, Dancer going in there, I thought he made some good plays. Thank you. Thank you, Zim Bean Zim. Uh, from TCO Performance Center in advance of the Seattle Seahawks game. Uh, the pregame at 5 on KFAN. The boom shortly after 7. Uh, more on the Vikings coming up later in the radio show, including Softy from Seattle. KJR's Softy uh, will join us at about 11 o'clock. But first... The fan and Wixen Jewelers want to put a grand in your hand, an opportunity to win $1,000 simply by listening to 9 to Noon and the fan throughout the day and texting a keyword. This hour's keyword is smile. How about the presser from Zimmer? I think I saw Zimmer smile once. Why don't you text Zimmer, uh, not Zimmer, text smile to 200-200. Text smile to 200-200. Might put a grand in your hand and win $1,000. Text smile to 200-200. Text message and data rates apply, and now it's time for a promise. Yeah, you um, you want to smile, uh, and you're thinking of selling your home. The Palmer Low team still are selling homes with multiple offers. So you're looking for a dollar. Palmer, the Palmer Low team with the promise, they not only want to get you that dollar, they want to get you like a dollar and thirteen cents with multiple offers. Very very good at doing that because home home inventory. Honestly, never has been lower, and rates still at historic lows. And this still continues to be a great time to get top dollar for your home. So if you're thinking about selling your home, go to palmerloteam.com. It is palmerloteam.com. Josh and his team are part of J.P. Wilman Realty Twin Cities. The Palmerlo promise, if they don't sell your home, they will buy it. That's the promise. I mean, honestly, is there any reason to go any other direction? If they don't sell it, they buy it. Pomerloteam.com, Pomerloteam.com. Listen to the fan. Hashtag fan on the farm. Talk about an uphill battle. Thousand acres of beans and cattle. Yeah. But he don't ever get a rattle. He just goes to the sun goes down. Hey. Hydraulic fluid on his jeans. Red dye diesel and ten rows between. A cold one on the porch and a good night's sleep. Y'all hold him up with me now. Here's to the farmer, the plants, the fields, and the spring. The turn from green to bad harvest honey. Yeah, hold one up for the banker downtown. Yeah, they got him on his feet with handshake money. Yeah. Here's to handshake. The What's that? That loves him every night, raising a son. A daughter. Hey, well, yeah, never heard this song before. Neither have I, and I'm, I'm captivated listening to the words. It's very peaceful. Yeah. Here's to the farmer. Best chicken I can find. Subdivision creeping on in. Neighborhood kids jumping his fence. 
this money But that'd be the end of a promise he'll never break Cause he looked his daddy well, in the eye probably should start sooner or later <laughs> That's a great line Subdivisions creeping in Grand expansion of suburbia. Yeah. Neighborhood kids keep jumping his fence. He could double his money. But that'd be the end of a promise he'll never break. Oh, He's not that, selling out to the developer. That is beautiful. I'm not I'm not letting them mow down my fields for a townhouse development, yeah. my God. Step farther. You know the developer and the development company laying all over him litigiously with lawyers and with everything you better do this he's not succumbing to fear for the kids wow you know what though i mean for a guy and this this is about a lot of these farmers today hashtag fan on the farm yep thank you axis seed turning down the dollar signs to continue providing sustenance thank you and food on our tables the farmers of Minnesota, we love you and support you. What are we harvesting these days? Booth at KFAN.com, if interested. Uh, let's get to the nitty-gritty of the nitty-gritty dirt band and fan on the farm. Yeah. See, see early in that thing, man. It well, got, Luke Bryan, by the way, here's to the farmer. Yeah, fantastic voice. Um, it bit me when he, you can have the cold one. I liked the sitting on the porch and then a good night's sleep. Oh. oh. I mean, it sounds how, like heaven. How peaceful and no medication required. <laughs> I mean, because because I mean, it's just there the vast farm. The farm with chickens. <laughs> the horses running around. I, I was just That's about good, right? I was just about to say, you know how good a cold one tastes after, after a hard day's work? Uh. And then I realized I don't know what that is like. <laughs> In the white-collar world, you do. In the blue-collar world, I mean, there, really do. There could be there could be a stimulation, satisfaction, and or pleasure milking teats that we have missed out on for like a combined ninety years. Well, whether milking teats or I've never milked teats, analyzing spreadsheets, we yeah. all contribute. For the greater good. Uh, here's the deal. Uh, hashtag fan on the farm. What do they do with that? Uh, hashtag fan on the farm. Posting a picture. So whether you're down in Slayton, whether you're Bob in Butterfield, uh, getting the beans out of the ground, no matter what you're doing, we know, first of all, you're working significantly harder and longer hours than we are. But show us the photo via social media. Hashtag fan on the farm. Listening to 9 to Noon, we appreciate and love you for it. And uh, I believe via Axis Seed, you will be eligible for a $100 gift card and a Carhartt sweatshirt. Yeah, and it is um, it is Axis, A-X-I-S underscore S-E-E-D. Uh, if you would like to tag them on Twitter, uh, we are at K-F-A-N-1003. Basically what we're doing is with hashtag fan on the farm opportunity to win that one hundred dollar visa gift card and a Carhartt sweatshirt uh, simply uh, by qualifying and and posting what Eric just said via hashtag fan on the farm. I mean, those of you listening to the fan and specifically nine to noon right now, 
however you're listening, the vast and ever-expanding smart speaker radio network, the free iHeartRadio app, or the old FM 100.3 KFAM. Those of you in Lonsdale, harvesting sugar beets, hashtag fan on the farm to qualify to win the Visa gift card and the Carhartt sweatshirt, and we need a picture. Yeah, speaking of sugar beets, how about 740 the fan up in Fargo? Oh. Thank, thank you, Fargo. Thank you for all the Trey Lance fans that might be up there. Tanking for Trey. What about that? <laughs> Courtesy of Marshall, Minnesota. Uh, everybody, the sugar beets in Fargo are unbelievable. A, a fan farming Friday becomes a hashtag fan on the farm Wednesday as we recognize, acknowledge, and voice deep appreciation for the farmers in Butterfield, Minnesota, driving their combines, harvesting soybeans, so we all can enjoy soybeans. What about unloading the trucks of grain? Well, yeah, I mean, they... Holy cow. What about those loading... Uh, well, okay, so you've got the combine to load the grain. Yeah. But the hauling of the grain... Pain in the ass. Very, very... You see... The obvious approach when it comes to rhapsodizing those who matter immensely, the farmers, like those in, let's say, Todd Bauman's part of the country, Ruthton, Minnesota. You're, you're driving that combine. You're, you are harvesting corn. You're harvesting corn. All right. So the harvesting of grain, we get that. What about the the unloading of the grain is highly underrated for what goes into the unloading process while they listen to the fan. They may be listening to Gerby on a Friday do picks. They may be listening to Stump the Snob is in the Sports Snob on a Wednesday or in initials with the Power Trip Morning Show. You're listening you deserve an opportunity to win a $100 Visa gift card and a Carhartt sweatshirt, uh, social media, hashtag fan on the farm. Also, at AXIS underscore seed, it's, it's the fan recognizing farmers listening to the fan. Yeah, recognizing the farmers. Talk about the sweat. So, like, in the midst of a pandemic, many industries halted, so many people looking for work or trying to get back to work, you know, so many lives uprooted. Meanwhile, the farmers haven't been able to stop. You know what I mean, PA? Yeah. Like there's no there's no time for them to just hang around and observe and sit back. Like it's got to be business as usual. They need to make the profits, to cover the quote-unquote nut. God gave them beautiful weather today uh, where, where they can harvest with nice weather while listening to Fan on the Farm. And so uh, God bless the farmers who continually work their asses off every single year to put food on our table. And, well, the best we can do in this moment is celebrate you. Thank you. Hashtag Fan on the Farm and uh, maybe get a gift card and a sweatshirt out of it. Yeah, and, you know, 9 to noon being low-key elite farming minds you know just top of the head because we and i are let's just say lewiston raised and lewiston trained yeah it behooves us to recognize everybody but specifically those of you driving the combines and harvesting in fremont lonsdale butterfield ruthton let's say breckenridge we can't forget you breckenridge uh, a lot of uh, a lot of emails came into the old booth at KFAN.com. The way to get that Visa card is via social media, maybe specifically Twitter, hashtag fan on the farm, and uh, tag 
at AXIS underscore seed and uh, send a picture. Qualify to win that Visa gift card and that Carhartt sweatshirt. Um, HD Beefworks has sent an email. Uh, last cutting of hay, processing chickens and beef. Thank you, KFAN. Oh, are you kidding me? Josh G. What about pork? Josh G. Currently sitting on the grain cart. We wrapped up harvesting soybeans over the weekend. There's about um, 1,300 acres left of corn, praying for continued good weather. That is uh, Josh G. Thank you, Josh. So for farmers right now, do you think this unseasonably warm week is maybe, that's a good thing? Like they're like they're loving what they're seeing right now, right? What do I look like, Farmer John? I don't know. I don't what have I a look, farmer's al- almanac in front of me. What do I look like, Tom West? So maybe that maybe this is a feather in their cap. This is the coin falling the right way. Kellen, Let's keep it seventies all week. Kellen Nordling, booth at KFAN dot com. Brad John Brian inbox. Harvesting sugar beets in. Thank you, Alvarado. Alvarado, Lance. Uh, Lance harvesting sugar beets up in thank you, Argyle. And this is awesome because the majority, if not all of these, here's another one from Josh Davidson. They're all sent from their phones. Yeah. So we got farmers listening to the fan right now. As we talk about fan on the farm, they ain't got a computer in front of them. Carrier pigeon wouldn't get here till Friday, especially from Alvarado. So they go right to their phones to booth at KFAN.com like uh, like Josh Davidson, Davidson did. Soybeans, corn, and flax. That's me. Oh, that's sweet. That's nice. Thank you, Josh. Alvarado, Minnesota, by the way, which is near Argyle, north of Grand Forks. So he's way the bleep up there. Yeah. Sugar beets coming in fresh. Rob Parsons, booth at KFAN.com, harvesting sugar beets in the... Red River Valley of North Dakota and Minnesota. There we go. That's a thank you, 740 The Fan Fargo. Go Trey Lance. Um, let's see. Brent Plumsky. Uh, love the show. I'm going to say soybeans are uh, also beans. Okay. that uh, uh, Beans don't come out of the ground, Nordo. I, I don't know if you said that. If we need a... Covenant Combine cleanup. They don't come out of the ground. I, I didn't know. Hey, well, hey, hey. No, for me, they're the experts. Here's the deal. I'm I'm I'm, they, the, I'm a consumer. Here's the deal. We're consumers. Okay, don't kill the messengers. We we harvest beans from cans and bags. Okay, <laughs> so that's just let's just get real with the white collar world. We harvest that beans is correct. Yes. from cans and, and bags. Yes, that we purchase at grocery stores. So the harvesting of the soybeans you are doing, thank you. We are thanking you for executing your toil, and uh, you are a farmer on the fam. And Mike Zasky, booth at KFAN.com, listening to the fan, uh, looking at harvested corn and the sunrise in Lake Benton. Oh, that sounds awesome. You should see the picture. Put that thing uh, on social media, my man. And let's see... Um, Nick uh, is doing. Um, he's doing some till listening on the radio from Manitoba, Canada. Nick, Manitoba, doing some till listening. Wow. And um, see, a Winnipeg Jets fan or a Wild fan? Chuck Rinderinda. Uh, Nordo weather is great for soybean harvest. Drying corn down too. Oh, that's the key. 
Thank you, guys. That is the key. Um, from uh, we 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 harvest corn uh, from cans, supermarkets, packages, yeah, and the nice big fat ones that we bring home, and then we got to shuck it, cut the bad boy out of the stock thing at the end, pull all those aggressive rosy hairs off, and uh, then drop that thing into uh, into boiling water and ah. Yeah, that's the key. Is is if salt, you, pepper, and butter, and let's go. If you are out there, you're you're walking out of Von Hansen's, or you're walking out of Cub Foods. Yeah, just realize that there was a process that had to occur prior to that. Thank you. And that's where our friends, the farmers, are the MVPs of whatever we put on our dinner table. Andrew Petrin harvesting today in Farmington. Thank you, my friend. Jay Rarick. Fertilizing for the future crop in Crookston. Hashtag fan on the farm. And finally, there are 8 million. I apologize for not being able to read all of them. But we got the Coob cred piece coming up here momentarily. Brandon Krause mowing ditches in Glendon, Minnesota. Thank you for everything you do. Hell yeah. All of you farmers. Sugar beets. Soybeans, corn, you're driving combines, you're harvesting grain, you're unloading grain, and we and Axis Seed would like to reward you. Socially speaking, Twitter is the only social media bit that I have. Hashtag fan on the farm, opportunity with a picture. Hashtag fan on the farm with a picture to win a $100 Visa gift card and a Carhartt sweatshirt. Thank you, Axis Seed, and uh, thank you, farmers. Time now for the Vikings report on the fan presented by Pilot Games. Vikings offensive coordinator Gary Kubiak joins PA after this from Pilot. Mr. Gary Kubiak, uh, looking back to last week, man, seriously, it was pretty great. You guys had zero positives all week, given what the Titans went through. I mean, that 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 just can't be like shoved under the rug. No, that that really is. Uh... You know, I think you gotta you gotta give Shug a lot of credit. You know, I'm just uh, I'm a coach here, but just watching him do his job and the way he's handled the football team for coach and with all these situations going on and demands he has on us in the building as coaches and players weekend or day in and day out, I should say, uh, he deserves a lot of credit with with this football team uh, handling this situation. So, Gary, off a of victory like, like this week, do, does it make a big difference in meetings and walking around the building and stuff when you guys win? Well, you feel a hell of a lot better. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't change our routine, Paul. But, you know, obviously you're you know, you're know, in here this morning and you're you're upbeat and ready to get to the next one and not, not uh, you know, having to battle the the negative or whatever you, you know i mean it's just just the nature of the business but our routine never changes we have the same amount of work to do each day and and spend time with our players and make sure we're making our corrections uh but we make them with a little bit of a smile on our face today how about that fan wow two more titans got bit today yeah you got that in there I do. Well, let's do it then. All right. I mean, are the Titans ever going to play another game? Wow. News Denoy. Can't open their facility now. No, they can't. And that's, I don't know how you, if you're not practicing, how you're, you know, going to game. So, 
The uh, the Tennessee Titans, well, the Vikings last week, they don't practice on Wednesday. They found their way to get it done in Houston, but uh, we'll see how Tennessee handles it. Uh, News to know brought to you by a facility that is currently open. It is Canterbury's Card Casino, poker, black, uh, blackjack, table games, and more all year round. Go to CanterburyPark.com to learn how you can get in there, make some money, and have some fun. Uh, and let's just let's start with that. Number one. A uh, number of things, unfortunately, the NFL finding its way down the road of there are more COVID-related updates than there are actual football updates. And this coming on a Tuesday morning, Stephon Gilmore, I think he was last year's Defensive Player of the Year, uh, Stephon Gilmore, cornerback for the New England Patriots, he has tested positive for COVID-19. So he's on the COVID list. Uh, but they're kind of doing the, the back tracing and such. He was one of roughly 20 different individuals that were in close contact with Cam Newton leading up to Cam's positive uh, test result last week. And so that is potentially a big loss for the Pats, who are not practicing today because of the positive diagnosis. Mentioned it during Stump the Snob. Defensive tackle Maurice Hurst. Uh, He tested positive for COVID, or excuse me, let me put this in a different way. He has been placed on the COVID list, which doesn't necessarily mean that he has tested positive. A lot of speculation out there. It's important to note he was not one of the individuals at whatever that fundraiser was for Darren Waller, where all those guys got fined for not wearing masks and being in close contact. Yeah. So Maurice Hurst currently on the, the COVID list, defensive tackle for the Raiders. And then, uh, as you said, two more Titans players tested positive. This is according to Dan Graziano uh, Wednesday morning. That's today. After two consecutive days with negative tests, Coach Mike Brabel had been hopeful that the Titans could return to their facility. That can no longer happen. This puts Sunday's game against the Buffalo Bills. In jeopardy, the two tests Wednesday bring the total of Titans players and other staff members who have returned positive tests uh, since last week, September 24th, to a total of 22 the NFL announced, of course, that the Titans and Steelers game was postponed until later this month. And so, eight players, one week, 11 overall. Let's see, Jeffrey Simmons. Oh, Simmons got bit. How about that? Yeah. So, Simmons tested positive. Uh, he basically came in very close contact with nearly every member of the Vikings offense mm-hmm. during week three. Uh, Kamala Correa, Christian Fulton, Adam Humphreys, Daquan Jones, Bo Brinkley, Cameron Batson, uh, the uh, whoever the hell that wide receiver was, Tommy Hudson, Kari Blazing game tested positive. Cornerback Greg Mabin have all been placed on the COVID nineteen list. So Tennessee just all up in this thing right now, not able to get itself off of that positive test string they're currently on. And they're just two quickies here. One, it just further exemplifies the minor positive positive news, COVID related news that that the Vikings. <laughs> When Minor. Is, How about miraculous? Thank you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, teach their own with miracles. I'm glad you said it that way. But it it is, as we go here, miraculous. The Minnesota Vikings were in as close contact with all those players, and the coaches talking to coaches, and they come up with zero positives and, and do not have a problem, you know, with incubation or anything. Yeah. I mean, it just, it, it really, you know, we... we, we we say it a fair amount, but it, it behooves us to repeat it. If you want your favorite team and or the NFL for a diversion for you to go off week after week. The the protocols, the way they follow them, and the stringent nature of taking 
personal and professional life seriously has led to the Vikings being able to play games on a weekly basis. Secondly, as the wounding would go outside of COVID, Saints may be playing their game this weekend in Indianapolis uh, because of a hurricane bearing down on the bayou. Yes, and I I was going to get to that non-COVID NFL news. B got his guy, so he's going to be in studio in a minute. Yeah, we're going to go along the boards with B momentarily. Uh, But how about this? Can, Can we just... Can we just figure out how to keep New Orleans from getting blasted by hurricanes yeah. every other freaking year? Yep. Um, it's detrimental to them just as a populace from a health and safety perspective. But in this case, as we are a sports-centric show on a sports-centric station, we will have to talk about how it affects the NFL. And in this case, what it means is the New Orleans Saints are actually traveling to Indianapolis. And we heard it from uh, from Florio. It sounds like after practice on Thursday for the Monday night game wow. uh, because of Hurricane Delta reaching land in, in the New Orleans area. And so the Colts, who play the Browns in Cleveland on Sunday, have been informed by the league that the Monday night game could be played at Lucas Oil Stadium instead of being played in New Orleans. So that's non COVID-related NFL news. And then one more thing for you. This felt like an inevitable uh, result here, but uh, one week after saying he was sticking with quarterback Dwayne Haskins, uh, Washington coach Ron Rivera has pivoted. Uh, He benched Haskins. Kyle Allen is the starting quarterback. And Alex Smith. How about this? Alex Smith returning from that gruesome knee slash or leg injury, I should say, will be the number two uh, in Sunday's game against the L.A. Rams. The And nice predicting by you yesterday, um, because you said Tampa would beat the Yankees and Houston would beat the Athletics. Both those teams won. The Tampa Yankees bit is a meat grinder at one each. Charlie Morton goes against Tanaka for Tampa today. I like Tampa a fair amount in that game. Houston is looking to close out the Athletics in swift fashion, winning 3-0. Yeah, they are, and they will. And the one thing that I'm disappointed in... I don't think the A's are going to trot out Mike Fires against Houston. I don't think they are. And right. I, I forget what the guy's name is. Let me find it. Jesus Luzardo yeah. is listed as the starter today for Game 3 against uh, Yurkidi or Yurkwiti. Yep. Uh, the gentleman that made short work of the Twins in Game 2 of the wild card bit. So uh, I, I, I just it's going to be a sweep. It's over today uh, for the Oakland Athletics. The NHL first round of the draft was last evening. Along the boards. Joining us now is a noted hockey aficionado and a quasi-scout, Brandon Molesky, uh, who I don't, I, I don't know if you predicted the Wildwood draft Marco Rossi, but um, yesterday, and good morning. Yeah, good morning. Yesterday with a Russo radio kicking off things, then Bill Guerin, the GM at 940, it uh, came up with Russo Radio when I was spitballing players and you know, Anton something. Um, Lundell, yeah. Yeah, Anton Lundell. And then the Saginaw cat who plays center, uh, Perfetti. Something. Yep. Okay. Cole Perfetti. Right. And then Russo came clomping. I mean, just added, amplified. Well, B's guy, Marco Rossi, could go right around. So I'm like, damn, tend to be like. And then I see we take Marco Rossi, and I'm like, <laughs> in, in the tenna, in the along the boards with B Covenant. Wow. Nice uh, a nice call and b what do you like about him? Yeah, I, w- I would say it was it was not a prediction on my st- on my point. I, I didn't have any um, information from the Wild that they liked him in any way, shape, or form. It was just uh, a guy that you know you know the Wild have a, no- a ninth overall pick, which is 
been pretty rare for them in the last six, seven, eight years to be able to draft the top 10. So it was just me doing a lot of study of guys that could go in the top 10, top 15. And he was the guy who, yeah. you know, after Lafreniere, you know, he went to the Rangers. Um, he was the guy early on that I just kind of fell in love with. And I, I probably have watched more tape and studied more on him than anybody just because I kept trying to find a way to get out of my love for him. B was watching the All-12 to make us better. Hell yeah, he was. And, yes. And I just I just kept liking him and liking him and liking him. And I, um, I, I, I've been on the bandwagon for weeks of saying, you need to trade up to get him. And the fact that they were able to draft him, that, that, that he fell to number nine last night and they didn't have to move up to get him. Yep. Um, left shot centerman double bonus yeah you know it, it, it's it's a it's a good convergence of best player available also at a position of need there's yeah. there's been so much debate with this franchise of needing to get a number one center but i've always been well you still got to take the best player available you can't force the center position just because you've been weak at that spot mm-hmm. you need assets you need to have talent you need skill and I, I i think they hit a home run last night in having having who i thought you know should have been a top three pick dropped yet number nine and so- and and I and I and I I just don't really get all the knocks against him. So how quickly can well, it's the age of rage is going to happen? Well, and absolutely, it's bitter on Twitter. Well, no, it's it's an NHL thing of you know we guys five foot nine we can't draft them. Okay, well, and, I was reading a bit about that last night, like trying to make the the make the leap that five nine is the is the difference between your five six Darren Sproles and Megatron. Like they make like the two or three <laughs> inches there. Sound like it's the a crevice like the the Grand Canyon. Well, and I'm not I'm not going to try to act like size you know doesn't matter, but uh, I think sometimes these NHL people are, are living in the 1980s and the 1990s of got to have guys that are all above six feet tall, and mm-hmm. the game has changed. It's more of a speed skill game now, so I think guys that are five nine can survive. And I, and I will say, to me, he's a different five nine. He's extremely strong on his skates. I mean, his lower half is um, wide. Uh, he's um, very strong on his edges. He doesn't get pushed around. He wins battles in the corners. He goes to the net. So he's he's not like he's not like a Mikhail Gramlin who's on the five nine side who stays on the perimeter of the ice and was uh, you know really kind of a, a needed to gain a lot of strength once he got in the league. He got pushed off pucks pretty easily early on in his career. This guy uh, is a tree trunk and can't get moved. So to me, his five nine is different than than other five nine players. How quickly can he play? I mean, because like we, what do we draft? Like Matthew Boldy or something like that a year yep. ago. He like one year at Boston College, and he'll much. be he'll be back again at Boston College. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a tough jump to go from the Canadian juniors right in the National Hockey League, and not to mention, you know, he would be expected to be a top first or you know second line center for you. I don't think you want to keep him in the NHL if he's going to be playing third fourth line for you. So that that's that's a big massive jump. Guys that are drafted number nine rarely can ever make that jump right away. But I will say. Out of the top ten guys that were drafted last night, he's as ready to jump in the National Hockey League, you know, more so than most the most of them, other, other than Lafreniere and maybe uh, you know Stutzel, uh, who, who got drafted number two or excuse me, went number three to Ottawa. Uh, you know, a lot of those guys are kind of projected. You know, they're you know like a Quentin Byfield is, has this massive ceiling, which is why he was number two. But I don't know if he's ready to jump in necessarily right away and be a super productive player. Whereas this guy's just an all-around good player. He's he's an offensive center, but he also plays the defensive side of the game, which is I think is um, maybe why some some players wouldn't be able to make that jump right away. He 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 does it all. He he doesn't really have any weaknesses. Regarding five nine and a forward and succeeding in the NHL, that's what we're talking about, right? Yep. Okay. Anybody ever hear of uh, Marcel Dion? 
uh, a key facet of the King's famed Triple Crown line. Should have opened up the bit by asking B, are you familiar with the Little Beaver? <laughs> because if you are, that was Marcel Dion's very, nickname. very uh, power triple question right there. Yeah, the, the Little Beaver was Marcel Dion's nickname. He was 5'8". Anybody familiar with Martin Saint-Louis? He five was pretty eight. good. 5'8". Yeah. Dennis Marouk, 5'8". Brian Gianta, 5'9". Yeah. Cup credit the Devils. And uh, one of my all-time favorites, honestly, I have his game-worn hanging in my chill room, Ron Ellis, 5'9". Hey, Ron Ellis. how about You're this? You're great, uh, Drew Brees hockey mind. Thank you very much. Not to not to break in and clomp, but it's a good thing you're here. Um, this courtesy of Michael Russo about what? 40 seconds ago. Uh-oh. The Minnesota Wild are trading Luke Cunning wow. and the 101st pick to the Nashville Predators for Nick Benino and the 37th and 70th picks. Oh, oh my gosh. Wow. Can, you, can, can, you, can you repeat the numbers again on, the, on that trade? So Luke Cunning and our 101st pick, that goes to Nashville. Okay. Coming back, Nick Benino. Along with the thirty seventh and seventieth selections, so we got three seven now. Well, we got three seven. We got three nines. We're gonna have, we're gonna be wow. pretty active here early in the second round. What with time the, does it begin? Uh, Six I think it, p.m. No, I think it's this morning. I think it's already begun. Oh what? wait a minute! It's ten thirty a.m. Yeah, it's, it's on started, NHL Network. It started at ten thirty. So. Oh, I think we just housed a pick and probably or they picked for us. It's the weird hat bit. Well, we got to well, get no, the TV. They probably yeah. picked yet. We're probably gonna but but uh, you know, Cunning's one of those guys where I think. What he is is what he is. I, I just don't see a lot of growth from the type of player he is right now. He's always just going to be a, a middle six winger, in my opinion, kind of a third-line winger. I don't see a lot of growth. And uh, Benino, yeah. without having the information in front of me, I believe uh, probably played with Garen in Pittsburgh. You might have to double-check that. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, he, you... He's trying to get the band back together. you got Bukestad, you got Benino. He's yeah. going after Mark Andrew Fleury in uh, Vegas. So he's, yeah. just, he's, trying to, he's trying to get all the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, Benino, Benino, 15 and 16, 15 through 17 with the Penguins. Okay. Last three with Nashville, into the game 09-2010 with Anaheim. So Garen played against him. Um, oh, he played, probably played with them in Pittsburgh from 15, 15 to too. 17. Uh, yeah. There are emails just flying. Oh, actually, I should take that back. He... He probably didn't play with them, but he was an executive with Pittsburgh. He was in the Pittsburgh yeah, organization during you. that time. Uh, the emails are flying in right now at booth at AFAN.com about, I mean, your call and, and adoration for Marco Rossi. There are many saying that you're already doing a better draft related job than Paul Fenton. So, <laughs> wow. <laughs> we, we thank you very much for your contribution. What, you know, one, one last segment, if you don't mind. Can I have, yeah. one, can I have one minute? I got an 11 o'clock guest. It's Softy from Seattle. Who cares? Well, I was just going to say, wait two minutes. You know, just on the Fenton thing, uh, the Wild, for the first time ever, have some prospects set up. Oh. Last year, and, and kind of oh, all. That's right. He was good with the draft battle. Yeah, he was oh, actually right. pretty good oh, with it. Well, other than the Johansson pick did not go well, the yeah, first round pick. But, pick. but last year, the leading scorer in the WHL was Adam Beckman. They drafted in the third round last year. Whoa. The leading scorer in the OHL, they drafted last night, Marco Rossi. The um, second leading scorer in the QM, uh, QMJHL, oh, yeah. which is the Russian kid Kovanov, he was drafted two years ago. Holy cow. The, the guy who led the KHL in points per game last year mm-hmm. was Kirill Kaprizov. Yep. And they had the AHL goaltender of the year last year. Wow. So for the first time ever, we, we kind of have some... Prospects to look forward to here in the, for the Minnesota Wild. And that's not even talking about the first round pick last year, Matthew Boldy. You are an elite hockey mind. Thank you very much for the uh, time. Uh, Rossi on the podcast tomorrow, by the way, beyond the pod. You and Mick? 
Yes, sir. Sweet. Sweet. Uh, KFAN.com for the Beyond the Pod. Molesky and Micheletti, that's News Du Nord. Softy from Seattle with some football around the corner. This is 9 to noon. The Fan. and the fan. Yep. Bam, bam. See, what's frustrating right now within the Inside Radio Covenant is Softy from Seattle is boisterous. He's loud. And he's an ardent Seattle Super Chickens fan. So he likes to yell on the radio show. And quite honestly, I don't like to yell, so I just kind of like sit back and listen to him. But his squad's 4-0, we're 1-3, and and they made Sunday night. So that's a minor problem. The major problem right now is phone line terrorism with uh, the afternoon drive juggernaut. Let me say that now that he's on hold. <laughs> Maybe we just have him call 800-320. Maybe we just have any... Let's have Howard in Chicago call 800-320-5326, and we'll, we'll make him softy. And then we'll talk about Gomer and the Book of Hosea. I didn't realize your phone situation also was in AM. Maybe you guys should start paying your bills out there, pal. I know things are a little tough these days, and, uh, you know, we're always here for financial support. You folks in Minnesota feel on the hard times of the pandemic, and we certainly get that, but, you know, you guys can't afford to pay your bills, man. It's never, never, uh, never should be, uh, you know, ashamed to ask for help, Paul. Well, so, for you. as I mentioned four times while we waited for um, his flip phone to uh, click in, yeah. Softy is a drive time juggernaut uh, for KJR in the Cappuccino Capital. Follow him via Twitter, as I do, and as 9 to Noon does, at Softy, K-J-R. And by the way, you can catch all of the bloviating each and every weekday uh, via the free iHeartRadio app. Uh, let me start here, Softy. How'd you guys do it? How'd we do what? The WNBA champions for the fourth time in franchise history. Wow. You net talking about the Seattle Storm winning the WNBA title. Brianna Stewart, Sue Bird. You stepped on my touchdown call because you're so brilliant. We have the greatest women's basketball player of all time in Sue Bird. And we have the greatest women's basketball player on the planet right now in Brianna Stewart. Hmm. All right. You you wish you could touch this. You wish you had what we had here in Seattle <laughs> with four WNBA championships and wow. another clinched last night. This is yeah. the greatest accomplishment no, that's in the history Softy. of our town. Softy, the there, jealousy is just flowing. Softy, there are many paths you can travel and 
get deeply into my heart with accuracy. Uh, Miss Cheryl Reeve, the coach of the uh, Minnesota Lynx, has won four WNBA titles. So we would mm-hmm. like to congratulate you for catching us <laughs> with uh, yeah. WNBA, uh, WNBA immor- immortality. And by the way, the greatest WNBA player in the history of said league is listening right now. Her name is Lindsay Whalen, and that's the nah. end, of, end of the story. Nah. Now we call her Lindsay Lehman out here, Val. All right. <laughs> okay. Said nothing. All right, soft. Put, put put Lindsay and Stewie in a cage and see what happens. You know what's going to happen. Hey. Somebody's getting smacked, and it's not Brianna. Okay. Uh, here's the deal. Um, Lindsay Whalen would cross over on Sue Beard and then throw an alley-oop to Sylvia Fowles, and she would dunk on Brianna Stewart. But we'll have to wait for that to, like, 2021 or maybe 2029. Um Good job last night, by the way. Great job by you guys. You know, this is funny because I just feel like you're kind of uh, delaying the inevitable, which is the conversation about what what's about to happen well, this Sunday. No, softy. I mean, the Kraken didn't blow any draft picks in the NHL draft last night. Of course, they yeah. didn't have any. But hey, Haven't con- drafted yet, pal. Pay yeah, con- attention. Congratulations. They didn't. Uh, well, wait do you get a load of this Marco Rossi we took? Skating circles around all of your super special expansion guys you're going to get. Hey, what's going to happen, honestly? And I'm not, I'm not trying to be a smart aleck here, pal. What's going to happen? Life. Justin Jefferson's going to go for 190 and three. But anyway, go ahead. I uh, just relax, okay? Just calm down, okay? Man, okay. What's well, going to happen when the Kraken win a Stanley Cup championship before the Wild? Uh, it'll be a Kraken in the purge for the Minnesota Wild. That's the end of the story. <laughs> uh, hey, because uh, you know what we've got. You know what we have behind us here in Seattle. You uh, massive, massive financial backing of a guy like Jeff Bezos. Oh yeah. The creative drive of a guy like Jerry Bruckheimer, who produced movies like Top Gun, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. And we have the greatness of maybe, mm-hmm. and you know because he was in your town, the greatness of one of the best, uh, most successful sports executives of all time in Mr. Todd Lywicki mm-hmm. uh, and his brother Timothy Lywicki. So the combination, I mean, that is an all-star cast big guy right there that is getting behind this hockey team. It's not even going to be a contest, and really it's a shame because I know how much ice hockey means to people out there in the Great White North and in your state of Minnesota. Uh, it's a beloved sport. It's a passion for the sport out there in Seattle, or excuse me, in Minnesota. I certainly get that, but the fact that we are going to eclipse you right out of the gate when it comes to accomplishments, uh, that's going to be hard for you guys to swallow, maybe even harder than swallowing the way the Vikings have performed against the Seahawks in the last four or five years, where maybe the only way you can even win a game in Seattle is if you come to town and have to play the mighty Seahawks in front of an empty stadium and not have to deal with the 12th man, which you will not have to deal with on Sunday. Okay, well, I mean, let, let's be realistic and respectful here, uh, Dave. Uh, Tired already. Uh, well, because we are the state of hockey. Now, granted, it is self-proclaimed, but, like, you know, we got grandmas skating around as referees for youth hockey games. So we are the state of hockey. You should just be happy outside of Seattle since Oklahoma City stole your beloved Sonics that you have something other than the Seahawks or the Mariners, okay? Nobody cares about UW football. Nobody cares about WSU, okay? So just be happy that you have your super special Apple Cup and that you now have the Kraken so that you can call this show and learn about the neutral zone trap and forechecking and the half wall and the dot and the hash marks and everything. You got it? 
sound extremely irritated today. Nordo, what's wrong with PA, man? What's the deal with this guy? He sounds a little bit on edge right now. He was in a great mood. Getting nervous for Sunday? He was in a great mood until about nine minutes ago, Softy. Hey, Softy, are you familiar familiar with Mike Florio from ProFootballTalk.com? Never heard of the guy. Oh, okay. Well, now you will because he was on my show earlier today, and I said you would be on, and this happened. I think he is a pain in the ass. (laughs) <laughs> and every Wednesday at 6.20 p.m. Eastern, when he calls me, I cringe before I answer the phone. See, he gets it. That is entirely accurate, and the feeling is mutual, and I have to have that drop for my show this afternoon. I got you. So please, yeah, we got you on that. that along. We got please you on that. Along. Um, now, 4-0 versus 1-3 and three momentarily. I, got, um, yeah. I have one emotional uh, thing I want to bring up. And then yeah. one serious question I want to bring up first. Okay. No jimmies with Softy and Dick. I mean, no jimmies with Softy and Dick. I don't know how. I'm, I, I mean, I'm just heartbroken that we're not going to convene. Yeah. It absolutely sucks, number one. Uh, number two, was looking forward to seeing you on Sunday uh, to enjoy the, uh, the semi, uh, what feels like an annual beatdown, to be honest with you, how much we play you guys out there. <laughs> and you're not coming to town on Sunday uh, for obvious reasons, which makes me sad. I was uh, actually all set to go to the game on Sunday. I, I honestly don't have a lot of desire to go to an empty stadium and watch a football game with no fans. Uh, sitting in the press box is fun, I guess. You can see the entire field and, uh, you know, observe what's happening on the sidelines, but it's not the same for me, Paul. I, I just don't have a lot of interest in sitting in the press box and watching a football game in an empty stadium, especially when the locker rooms are closed. Yeah. And we're not going in the locker room. Everything is you know, done over Zoom. So I told my lovely wife, uh, Gina, by the way, who's a big fan of yours, uh, who said, uh, why would you want to go to a game when there's nobody there? And I said, well, because I'd like to see my friend Paul Allen. Uh, and now Paul Allen's not even going to be in the stadium on Sunday. So, I think Softy may be just taking the year off from the clink, baby, uh, and just waiting until the playoffs if they do allow fans in the postseason. And frankly, I got to be honest with you, man, I don't understand what the hell the restrictions are all about. We can walk into a restaurant, at least in our area, and we can sit six feet away from a family of eight we've never met in our life. God knows who they are, where they were, what they were doing, what they're carrying. That's fine. But we can't walk into an outdoor stadium built for 70,000 people and put 10,000 people in there 55, 60 feet apart from each other. I don't understand why these rules are in place. Somebody smarter than me is going to have to explain it, but it makes zero sense whatsoever. And frankly, it's starting to irritate the hell out of me. Well, Softy, uh, speaking on behalf of 9 to Noon, where politics mean absolutely zero to me, and they mean a fair amount to the producer, we both agree with you. So, And, and that includes U.S. Bank Stadium with massive pivoting doors that yep. bring ventilation in. And you look around this palatial purple paradise, and I'm like, you're really telling me you can't put 10,000 people in here socially distanced with masks and waivers? Are you kidding me? Well, yeah, here's the other I think story. it's stupid. I hate it. Here's the other side of it, man. Uh, and I realize that there are some people out there that are obviously a little more concerned about this than others. And I, and I get that. Everybody has a right to approach this any way they want. And that's Agreed. fine. But I would also ask, outside of the one guy in Kansas City, uh, who apparently had COVID, and people that sat around him had to be quarantined. 
I don't know if I've heard of any other outbreak or story emanating from any other stadium across the country uh, in regards to the NFL uh, and or college football. So it seems to me that this has actually been working, uh, that there have not been a massive amount of outbreaks. Hell, there's more outbreaks in the freaking Titans locker room yeah. than there are in stands Softy. around college football. So Softy. it's driving me nuts. It's sad and it's disappointing. Next, next topic. Now, well, Softy, chew on this. The Vikings played the Titans when it turns out the Titans had more than 10 players with COVID during the game. And here they are in close proximity, their hands undoubtedly touching, breathing undoubtedly going both ways. There were no masks. There were no shields. And miraculously and amazingly, the Vikings got out of that with zero positive. I I mean, come on, man. Seriously. Incredible. It's incredible, man. I mean, look, you know, good on good on Minnesota, good on the Seahawks, teams like that for doing everything they got to do to stay mm-hmm. healthy and uh, and stay safe. But fans belong at these games, and I mean, you tell me because you're you're calling the games at home, but you're not traveling, correct? Correct. What what is the experience like for you calling games at US Bank Stadium? When the Vikings are on the field and there's not a soul in the stands, that's got to tug at your heart, pal. Yeah, it does for five minutes up to the game. And when the anthem or anthems are playing, that's a very peaceful, quiet, it it can be an introspective moment. And, you know, when I look around, it saddens me. Then we got the boom and I got a game to call. So it's, I'm not saying I too, the fans at U.S. Bank Stadium are right in front of me. So, you know, therefore, I have to tune that out to call the game the way I want to. So I'm kind of used to doing that. The TV bit, I'm cool with that. That's how it has to be. I've done it twice now. I'm cool with it. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's this, this Sunday night, and I brought this up with Zimmer yesterday and quarterbacks coach Clint Kubiak. Uh, the, the, yeah. it'll air this evening at 630 on X's and O's. It's unbelievable. I mean, to see Lambeau Field on Monday Night Football with no fans after having Brutal. seen the clink, okay? And trash yeah, talking aside, yeah. you know I got a ton of respect for that team, your coach. I love the quarterback, and and I love the stadium. And, hey, we lose there every time. I get it. But we're, be- we're being boys right now and being straight. We ain't trash talking. It is one of my favorite stops yearly. I love the city. I love everything about it. And to to think that that games are being played there without that noise, while I understand and respect COVID nineteen, it still hits me like the cliche two by four man. And you know, a your wife Gina, I got all her albums. I was there when she opened for Tina Marie at the Cow Palace. God bless Gina Mahler. And um, secondly, if I were media guy, which I'm not, I'm the announcer and I do a radio show and call races. I'm not media. If I was media, I'm not sitting in that press box. I'm not sitting yep. in a press box watching a game with no fans at the stadium. End of story. Yeah, yeah, forget it. Forget it. That's not going to happen. It's it's it, it's an awful situation, and um, I'm with you a thousand percent. And look, you know, Paul, uh, we we like to have fun on this show. We like to goof around, bust each other's balls because we're boys, we're brothers. We can do that. But I think it's awful that you're not coming this weekend. I think it's awful that Viking fans that live in Seattle. Uh, don't get to watch their favorite team play in person. I think it's got to change. I also think it's uh, it's a benefit to you guys 
to come to town and to play the Seahawks without the 12th man. Go back and look at the Patriot game a couple weekends ago, Paul, on Sunday night. One of the biggest reasons why Cam Newton was able to move the ball down the field uh, on the last drive of the game, partly because the Seahawks defense isn't very good, and partly because there were no fans in the stands at the game on that day. Same thing with Dallas on the last game, uh, last uh, you know uh, possession of their game with the Seahawks. Uh, Dak Prescott picked off by Ryan Neal. No fans to deal with. So if Kirk Cousins and Dalvin Cook and company can keep this thing close and give themselves a chance on the final drive of the game, they're going to have an opportunity to do something that no football team has really ever done, and that's come to Seattle and win a game on the last drive of the game with nobody in the stands screaming in their ear hole because, as you know, the NFL has capped the decibel level. I believe it was at 70. Now it's at 80, which I find to be silly, by the way. You're telling me that every crowd across the country sounds exactly the same. We know that's not true at all. So the fact that the Seahawks uh, op staff can only boom that thing up to 80 decibels, which, by the way, apparently uh, reflects the volume of a food blender, is insane. That Seahawks crowd would be all over Kirk Cousins. It'd be ear-splitting, as you know. Uh, you'd have uh, Viking players jumping off sides, leaving early, false starting. You're not dealing with that right now because there's no crowd. So my point is this. You have not won here, I believe, in Seattle since 2006. If you can't do it this year in front of nobody, and not having to deal with the famous 12th man. Yeah. If you can't do it now, when are you ever well, going to do it? And Jamal Adams is not going to play. I think Dunbar, it, my intel is Dunbar's way on the doubtful side. So, yeah, this this is <laughs> this is the time to catch the chickens. Now, in, in, clo- in closing, I'm going to leave you with this. Um, Ryan Neal, the, wh- whomever your DB's coach is, to get that guy to jump up from the practice squad – and do what he did against Dallas at the end, yes, but then he played the full game last game, and I watched some of it this morning. <laughs> I mean, th- this Ryan Neal is playing fantastically. And and secondly, okay, I understand Seattle being favored by 7-7.5. Seven, seven I understand the Super Chickens never lose in that building, fans or no fans. So, so yeah, the Vikings are underdogs and are 1-3 and three with a lot of youth on defense and Daniil Hunter and Anthony Barr out for the year. But I will say this. Well, I can't say with Daniil, but and Barr out for the year, and Daniil won't play on Sunday. Now, this this Cook-Jefferson-Thielen thing, it's real. Now, Softy, you better know that's real, because this trio is high-end. And if we win enough games, this wide receiver from LSU is going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Well, I'll just say this, that uh, you're right, uh, it's real, but what's happening in Seattle with off, on, on the offensive side of the ball here is also real, too. I agree. Uh, as you know, Adam Thielen has been phenomenal on the deep balls this year. Uh, actually, him and DK yep. Metcalf are tied for most touchdowns this season on deep balls, which, uh, because you don't really understand how this works, this passes of 20 yards or more, by the way. Yeah. Uh, happy to explain it to you on the air and off the air. Thank but you. But Thielen and DK Metcalf have both been phenomenal this season. The issue for me is that we've got Russell Wilson and you've got Kirk Cousins, who I like. Kirk Cousins is not a horrible quarterback, but Russell Wilson's playing the best football of his career right now. He just tied Peyton Manning for most touchdown passes after four games. 
And to me, he hasn't even scratched the surface this year <laughs> of what he's all about. One of the biggest reasons why he's playing so well is because your guy, Brian Schottenheimer, <laughs> is now calling the plays from the press box and not the field. So you're going to see on TV on Sunday a different animal in our quarterback, and I'm feeling that it's going to be very, very, very concerning for you guys when you watch number three take the field on Sunday because he is absolutely unstoppable right now. And on top of that, an ailing defense in Seattle – just made the biggest acquisition of the offseason so far by picking up Damon Snacks Harrison oh, yeah. uh, in free agency. Yeah. Watch for him to be active in the game Good. on Sunday against the Vikings. Good. Dalvin has run through and around him a million times with the Lions and the, the Giants. Look at the Seahawks run defense, Paul. Yeah, Look I, at the Seahawks I, run defense. I don't want what to. what they did to Zeke Elliott. I don't want to, and Dalvin's better than Zeke. Okay, in closing, <laughs> um, in closing part five, if they're, you're... you're your commentary and deep root, deeply rooted knowledge of deep yeah. balls, very impressive. Yeah. Not surprising. Congratulations, yeah. Gina. I'll talk yeah, to you. I have, I, I have a subscription to Pro Football Focus as well. Right, and you also have a we subscription to Swank, and that's where you yeah. come up with deep balls. Swank. Yeah, Swank. Wow. It's Gina's favorite magazine. At least that's what she tells me in direct <laughs> indirect you messages. You guys must be really bored out there. Holy moly! Oh yeah, that's why. That's why she direct oh, messages me. Show, pal. Come on. Okay. Uh, bless you. Uh, Five twenty cornfields. I will talk to you on KJR Friday. And thank you very much, bud. Hey, send me that Florio drop. <laughs> we heard you the first Please. time, dumbass. I'll pay for it. Oh, you will. Oh, good. It's and, on its and way. Get me your subscription to Swank. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tell, Check your flip phone. Yep. Tell Gina I'm sorry I didn't respond to the DM this morning. I'll write back after the show. Gina's a huge fan. Say thanks, Paul. Yeah, see. Thanks, Paul. Oh, Gina. Hi. Oh, hi. Great. <laughs> uh, anyway, who cares about that 15 break? I got Gina. All right. See ya. See you, man. <laughs> oh, I love that man. I love that man. I love that man. He's the best. Quickly Googles Softy Seattle wife Gina hits images. Uh, let's. You taught me, Biatch. Let's uh, let's give away some cash. Yeah, we certainly should, and and that's before, of course, we uh, maybe Gina Ugh. might be needing help with uh, a move yeah. to Minnesota. Yeah, Gina, you're married to Softy. They call me Hardy. Uh, hey, every hour a new chance to win. H e a r t y. Yes, Rubes. correct. correct. Uh, Farmers on the fan. The fan and Wicks and Jewelers want to give you a shot to win a thousand dollars and uh, put a grand in your hand every hour. This hour's keyword is thanks. We give thanks for when we can have Softy on. Text thanks to two hundred two hundred. Text thanks to two hundred two hundred. You might win a thousand dollars just by listening to nine to noon in the fan. Text message and data rates apply. Text thanks to two hundred two hundred. How about helping somebody out with a move, PA? Yeah, like uh, if you are farming on the fan in Austin or maybe Mantonville or Breckenridge or Butterfield, southwest Minnesota, wherever you are with those sugar beets, if you ever need to move, AAA Movers will find you because you found them. AAAMovers.com. 10% off by mentioning Paul Allen or KFAN. And... 612588MOVE is a great spot to start. So make sure you mention the fan, though, so you can get that discount. You don't have to be in Butterfield. You can be in Blaine. You don't have to be in Mantonville. You can be in Minnetonka, Mankato, wherever. AAAMovers.com to work with the very best, a conglomerate, a company that has moved me three times, moved Nordo once, moved the techie once. I mean, we, we just make plays with AAA Movers because it is the best. The clutter program is so much. AAAMovers.com. AAA Movers, you may not move every day.
This move drives again back to Davis. Davis for three. Bang! Anthony Davis from downtown. Timeout Miami. Wow, that's my brain. Holy cow. Listen, I'm going to need you to play that again yeah. because if you want to know, and he used to do it for the Bulls, if you want to know what Wayne Larravee sounds like calling basketball, listen to this. Hang on. Rondo makes his move. Drives again. Back to Davis. Davis for three. Bang! Anthony Davis from downtown. Timeout Miami. Yeah, he's smooth, isn't he? I can't um I can't possibly stress enough the not necessarily the joy the NBA, NHL, now baseball, whatever bubble bits have provided you us and the nine to noon covenant but the <laughs> i i mean i i can't remember a team like the miami heat now granted the heat's down 3-1 like nordo predicted into the series it probably will be lakers in five but to get that 40 point triple double from the bulldog without adebayo and dragic and the Lakers on complete hit legit. And then to watch in totality last night what Miami did to scratch and claw and get lucky. Because there were at a bio, had a lucky three pointer from a million miles away. Yeah. Duncan Robinson had at least one that banked in. But see, when you're playing a team that has for sure two Hall of Famers. And the Heat do not have a Hall of Famer for sure. Right. Bulldog might be a Hall of Famer, but he's not for sure. Uh, AD and LeBron, I mean, LeBron might be the, the greatest in the history of the game. Right. So that's what you're going against, and you have lost your crafty one-and-a-half in Goran Dragic, who, whether you like Goran or not, he knows how to play the game. He can shoot. He gives you another three-point option. And he's a floor general. He has some quarterback to him. No, they, they're missing him hard right now. Boom. None has been nothing. Yeah. He has been none, Yeah, uh, as in just ineffective and, yeah. and just offering nothing on the court. Kendrick Nunn shoots three-pointers like Kendrick Perkins. So <laughs> <laughs> that that's the end of that bet right there. Well, and you know what I've always said, P.A., when you... Uh, if you're going to lose the three-point battle to the L.A. Lakers, you're in trouble. Yeah. I always I've always that said that. Yeah, it's a, a very, very non-obvious way to look at it. Um, but what I'm getting at is what it takes for the Miami Heat to hang with these Hall of Famers. And whatever happened to an aspiring, positive, promising career that was Kyle Kuzma, I don't know how it went the way of J.R. Smith, but it did. Terrible. So that's a non-factor over there. Yep. Okay, ain't nobody going to rip Danny Green because he has rings courtesy of Pop, but he can't shoot. 
Dan- Danny Green's all done. Yeah, he's done. It- it's all done from a consistency standpoint. Yeah, but the Rondo thing, I mean, Rondo's not a Hall of Famer, but Rondo That's matters in the playoffs. That is a bulldog right there. And he's still playing pretty well. So the 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 takeaways from this game for me, one is the the fact that LeBron James, the morning of yesterday's game, sent a group text to... All certain players on the Lakers might have been all of them, but it was certain players. Caruso didn't get a text. Wait, uh, no, I, th- I bet you Caruso got it. Well, uh, Kuzma didn't get it. Kuzma didn't get it. No, uh, because LeBron <laughs> was casting his gaze the way of that stupid turnover at midcourt, where LeBron fouled somebody and got mad at Kuzma. I mean, it was they—they they almost went pear shaped. And by the way, Car- Caruso offers value at times, which is weird because he's out there. It looks awkward, but he finds himself in mm-hmm. the right spot. For one of his like four rebounds, but they all are crucial. Yeah, gets the right pass, yeah. makes a weird shot. Like Caruso, Caruso can deal a little bit. Well, with Caruso and Nikola and uh, Nikola Jokic, okay. For those of you who play with Ron Johnson at Lifetime Chan Hassan, or those of you who play D League or YMCA basketball, yeah, that's you. That's your game. Jokic is your game. Okay, Caruso is your look and your game. <laughs> Hey, Paul, don't you know that there are, are black guys that also play at YMCA and D-Leagues? I do. I just don't have an example. To, uh, Granville Waiters. If you are Lewis Lloyd, Granville Waiters, Caruso, or Jokic with the YMCA lifetime Chan Hassan game, God bless you. Or maybe Kendrick Nunn with the way he's just throwing up those yeah. awful threes. Right. Well, Kendrick Nunn's next step is going to be the YMCA. Yeah, it might be. If he continues he's to play like better. this. But it's so now, it's so 2020, it is so now, whatever, to text everybody must win. Yeah. It was just, AD was like, it was just two words, and we knew what to do. Because LeBron texted must win. Okay, how about, you get, how about you get the guys together, specifically in the purge, when you know nobody wants to shake hands, touch, be face to face, and say must win, boys. Let's yeah. go. The you know Kirby Puckett did not text the get on my shoulders. I got you here. Well, there was there was a cool speaking of AD by the way. There was a cool breakdown, and I think it was NBA Tonight or whatever the countdown or the pregame bit, mm-hmm. where they showed how Spolstra effectively took AD out of the game where whenever he would have the ball, you could see Spolstra screaming and just like bees in you know synchronicity, yep. they would all attack AD. So they always had one or two on him. Yep. They had the other three watching him, and they would perform switches based off on how he would interact. So it was Danny Green on the back end. They're like, well, we'll let, if Danny Green's going to shoot 33s this game, we'll deal with that. Yeah. But we're not letting AD do his thing. And the way they would collapse and expand, switch, and they always knew where other guys were on the court. I mean, it was pure artwork from Spolstra and the Heat. Yeah, I think Eric Spolstra is one of the five or six greatest coaches in the history of the NBA. Wow. And it's what he has gotten out of what he has had as long as he has. That's a good point. Um, and, hey, let's let's take this LeBron James quote, okay? Quote, um, they are just a gritty, so damn well-coached team. I feel like if we're going to be a championship ball club, we really want a championship team. Uh, um, we have to have the same grit and that same attitude. It was my mindset. I'm still in it. LeBron, I can't ever remember LeBron James 
rhapsodizing an opponent the way he did. Wow. I mean, the, the only reason he's doing that is a Spolstra connection, I assume. They have to oh, respect each other. an elite call but, right but, there. But to your point, though, yeah. LeBron never actually goes out of body yeah. and away from LeBron's yeah. world long enough to give such an, endure, an endearing compliment if, if of I'm, an opponent. If I'm Frank Vogel, I'm like, Mother! I'm here too, guys. Mother! What do you think about Tyrule <laughs> Tyrod Lou LeBron. What about me? What about me? I mean, uh, Pat Ryan, what about me? <laughs> um, Aaron Rodgers would have said, you know, on my worst night in an NBA Finals game, that's the best night for somebody in the NBA, so I'm good. <laughs> Just the facts, man. Down day for me is Carmelo Anthony's yep. career game. Yep. Aaron would have said, you know, a down day for me, it's probably Will Chamberlain's best day. <laughs> facts, just the facts, man. Oh, yeah, whatever. God. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, you're hot, man. You're you're hot. You're Ride HOF. that wave, man. You got a ring. Just just be at peace. Yeah, just be at peace, please. I mean, and and there's the the podcast bit with uh, the former punter, or whatever McAfee, right? A couple of podcasts ago, life's good. I'm at peace. I'm smiling more. All that cool. That's great that that came from your mouth. Yeah, but what comes from your heart? What comes from your heart was what you tweeted about Drew Brees. And what comes from your heart is, on my worst day, there are many listening now that that's your best day. So you, you might as well end it with just so everybody shut up and F you. Well, he literally, you might as well end it like that. He literally did by yeah. saying, it's just facts, yeah. bro. Yeah, you can have it, man. Yeah, God bless him. He's, he's HOF. He's, he's unbelievable. I'm on record saying, and I mean it. It's it's from the heart, a compliment about somebody else, okay? And it was, in my 19 years calling Vikings football, Aaron Rodgers' performance at U.S. Bank Stadium, first game of the season with no fans, was the most dominating, in-control quarterback performance I have ever seen live in my life. And yeah, I called Brett Favre games. That was the most dominating, in-control performance I've ever seen in my life. Uh, you know what, man? God bless all of you. Yes, a perk. Good times. We never hear good times anymore. Because of the rap on the shizzle. Keeping your head above what time? I can't wait. I can't wait until tomorrow. Huh? Because tomorrow can never come. All righty. Uh, what's up, y'all? 11 9 to noon. Can you fade the music, please, Eric? Is you craft the rap. Uh, what do we got here? Good times. The the closing song uh, for... So that, yeah, the, the closing st- song for 22 years... Uh, 10 to 1 just for fun, PA and Dubay, DA and Scoobay, or um, or 9 to Noon uh, with uh, Tiny Joe Nelson, JG, uh, Nordo, been here half a decade, Good Times, JJ, Dynamite, Thelma, oh yeah, and, um, and Florida and so on. Uh, old school show, yours truly grew up watching it in uh, Washington, D.C., but that song that uh, that we play, I've never like really looked at the words. Good times. Anytime you anytime you meet a payment, good times. Anytime you need a friend, good times. 
Anytime you're out from under, not getting hassled, not getting hustled, keeping your head above water, copyright common, making a wave when you can, temporary layoffs, good times, easy credit ripoffs, good times, scratching and surviving, good times, hanging and a jiving. Ain't we lucky we got them? Good times. That's cool, man. That's, that's good lyrics to uh, to hear during any form of purge. Uh, yours truly uh, produced some uh, good and bad stuff with the Minnesota Vikings through the first quarter of the season. Team is one and three. I had them three and one through the first four games. Not sure if I ever officially made like a Vikings related prediction. Knowing the 99 problem situation wasn't going the right way, uh, that I pulled back. I don't think I made a prediction. I mean, but but I do know, looking back, you know. If you had made a prediction, it would have been 10 and 6. Well, FIBA, Fairness and Box Act, I didn't make a final bit, but I do know by looking at these games that I would have, I, I, I did somewhere say 3 and 1, beat Green Bay. I thought we were going to lose to Indy here. So I was win Green Bay, win at Indy, and win win against that clomp fest that is Houston. Yeah. So so I'm off. A lot of people are off with their with their um, with their records, but um, it it that doesn't mean there's not good um, because Cousins is is becoming more comfortable. Okay, that's fine. He's a veteran. I'm just going to leave you with this, and you can think about it. And I think we're going to get more into it tomorrow. Plus, I put together a Justin Jefferson patience bit that I really like that we'll get to tomorrow. Mm. Hashtag fan on the farm, though. 18, 19, and 33. Jefferson, Thielen, and Dalvin Cook. Top what trio in the NFL? Right now? Okay, I'm going to give you Ooh. I'm gonna give you the LSU running back. Is it A-Lair or E-Lair? I go E-Lair. Okay, I'm going to give you E-Lair. Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Now, quarterbacks are out. I'm going to give you those three. Okay? Fairly, right? Yeah. Equity, whole thing. What about Zeke, CD, and Amari? Well, or I'll, Michael Gallup? I, I always have liked Dalvin more than Elliott. Yep. Um, and they're both good at blitz pickup. It's weird. I was having this conversation last night. And we'll wrap on the show in a second. Um, it can't be disputed. Dalvin, When it comes to Dalvin Cook and Adrian Peterson... Dalvin Cook is better at pass protection, blitz pickup, pass catching, runs after catch, patience and setting up blocks. Yeah. Adrian's HOF. Correct. It's just the weirdest thing in the world. It is. Because Dalvin's better than so many things than him. But Adrian's the home run hitting HOF. Man, we got 100 a lot. touchdowns. Got a lot tomorrow already. Hey, thank you very much for listening. I'm Paul Allen from the Bryan Heating and Cooling Studios. Don't forget, hashtag faith over fear. Wrap on the show. Thanks to Metropolitan Ford for sponsoring the 9 to Noon Show Wraps. Metro Ford, your truck superstore. Hey. Yesterday, stopped in my tracks, my kid's ears perking. Lied to my five-year-olds. I don't know the definition of twerking. Need to drown my sorrows on a stool of beer stube. Things change once my kids discovered YouTube. Softy from Seattle brought his own juice. Which is louder, Softy talking or PA screaming he's loose? Spitting pepper in your face, a mouthful of snooze. I'm kind of hungry, my new love is couscous. And Dr. Seuss, one of Meat Sauce's favorite authors. He joins us every week, but some ask why he bothers. Try to engineer trivia to help him. A friendly lob, but he still falls on his face every week. Stump the snob, like former Vikings assistant Clancy Barone. Things don't always work out, time to move on. Like our in-house phones, like parallel parking. Don't hit the orange cones. Just because you're HOF, don't need to throw stones.
You know how reporters and columnists are. They want the controversy. They want the negativity. Podcast today's Paul Allen Show. Or listen back to previous show and interviews by going to the iHeartRadio app or KFAN.